I guess, well, since we clearly don't have time in the podcast, maybe I should talk to you guys about my monitor that's uh, on my TV screen. There's a bit of, well, a bit of a story. Not really, but... Uh, it, Tell us the story of it's your working. TV. It's working now. So It's working now? Yeah. Did you give it the, the fonds? Uh, I suppose my my version of the fonts. I'll tell you what my version of the fonts is. Yeah, <laughs> taking it, opening it up, and then it's got a huge board in it, or a few boards, and I unplugged. So I thought, okay, you I should wanted, be careful in there. Yeah, so I wanted to check fuses, and so I unplugged a bunch of stuff, like almost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what on the board? Yes. Almost. You should be careful yeah, doing that. Getting, getting to there. So the the last thing was some very like scary looking plugs, which I realized were for, I think, the... So I don't know much about CRT. And this thing is... It's a rear projection TV, but it's not like the ones that most people think of, which are they have a globe which shines through lenses that are the different colors. I realized that what that meant also was that I needed to be really careful, as you were explaining last time, about um, decharging the thing or Hmm. uh, whatever. What was it called? When you put your little screwdriver. Doobie wants it in the thingamabob. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, decharging it. Right. Is that a word? Decharging? Discharge. Discharge. That's that's the better word. (laughs) That's a real word. Yep. Because there's a high amount of voltage Mm. in the, is it anode something? Anode cap is the thing you're lifting. Right. Yeah. The charge is in the tube. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I was confused because I couldn't see anything that looked like a cap. Mm. Um, I thought I saw one in your picture, but... Maybe. Probably not because it's it's rear projection, so it's it's not beaming through a tube, right? I don't know what they do. I I never really looked at one. I don't know how it works. Hmm. Uh, Did I take any more pictures? Have a look. Oh, yeah, there's three. Yeah, well, that's just three. You're looking at the picture? Yeah. So maybe they don't have high voltage going to the screen. I mean, to to my untrained eye, it just looks like three. Yeah, so there's obviously the green, blue. One, two, three. This is what you meant, right? Yeah. These things. Oh, so there are three tubes. Well, this it seems seems like three, three separate, guns. three completely separate guns. things instead of yeah. like integrated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well that makes sense. That yeah, makes it three it. times as dangerous. <laughs> Maybe. Right. No, yeah. I don't think so. It might. No, I don't think that part is super high power. It's it's what's inside. I don't know. Yeah. Well, basically, I mean, it's cool that we're having this deep discussion about something we don't know yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The main thing was that I remembered that you said that it could possibly kill you. And yeah. I imagined, you know how you said you had your wife come in and just be there just in case you, you know, <laughs> knocked yourself out and yeah. an ambulance had to be called. I just yeah. imagined that situation. And I also imagined myself, if I was to be electrocuted in that way, the way that I was standing, which is kind of hunched over the TV, I would just be, I just fall on top of the TV yeah. And, (laughs) you know, my wife would run in going, oh, my God. It's not really about falling because what would happen if you do get electrocuted, the electric charge will will force your your muscles to 
constrict or okay. whatever they call it. So if you're holding something on your other hand, you'll lock onto it mm. and and then you've got that bridge across your heart, mm. which is what they say is super dangerous because mm. that will kill you. Mm. And you can't let go because mm. that electricity is going straight through your body mm. and your muscles are constricted mm. and then you're probably going to die. Mm. So it's not a matter of falling into it that's going to cause you the damage because mm. once you are falling after being electrocuted, you're probably already dead. Mm. Oh, no, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. Yeah, I wasn't thinking that. I was just... Because this is the way that my mind works, is that I immediately imagine the scene of my death. <laughs> and so I was just imagining the scene of my death, which was me, after all that had happened, eventually, like, hunched over. And that w- that really encouraged me to not try and pull those wires off. So the last three mm-hmm. wires, which are the ones... Because I didn't even notice them, because they were black. At first, I didn't notice them. I unplugged everything else because I wanted to pull the board out so that I could see it, so I could look for um, fuses and test them. That's a bad idea. Yeah, well, this... I I wouldn't do that unless you looked at guides and things first. This is my idea, so this is what I did. (laughs) It's dangerous, Um, man. (laughs) It's it's not... Yeah. So... Continue. I did all this, and but the last three wires, which were going to those emitters, let's call them emitters... Um, Matt's nodding, so I feel like I'm on the right track. Sure. Now he's just shaking it's, his head. It's generic so. enough to... to <laughs> it's correct, okay, cool. even if it's not an electron gun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... So then I realised that I had those ones standing in my way and I looked at them and I imagined the scene of my death and I decided not today. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I put it back and... Then I I did have a service manual for it, so I was reading through, and there's uh, a bunch of LEDs, like service LEDs, that are supposed to give you an idea of where the fault is. Like an error code? Um, Yeah, I guess. So it tells you to... You switch it on, and you watch the LEDs, and it gives you an idea, I guess, of the path of as the voltage is going across uh, to figure out where the problem is. Um, So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can try that. So I had to plug everything back in, um, lucky I could remember where it all went back in, and a lot of it, a lot of it uh, could only fit in one place, basically. Um, some of them, yeah. Some of the wires you can they only go in one place, but there's other plugs that are exactly the same near it mm. that do different things. Like if you plug it in one as opposed to the other, then it flips the picture. Mm. Oh, or okay, things like that. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think. Yeah, just luckily for me, there wasn't much of that sort of thing and I could remember the right places for everything. And so I plugged it all back in and turned it back on and it actually worked. Hmm. And I was like, oh, you're kidding me. Like, it's working. I mean, that's not so bad because in hindsight, you're explaining that and then looking at the pictures, it could have easily just been a loose cable. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Maybe. We'll see how it goes. When I first plugged it in, so I've noticed it flickering like off and on over the last week. And then when I first turned it back on, it did do a little flicker again Mm. Um, but then I sat down and played like a whole game of R-Type and Mm. it was fine Mm. so yeah um, yeah I think yeah you you saying your version of the Fonz that's that's probably it I mean you basically (laughs) shook the thing you re-plug things in Mm. and stuff like that so if there's something loose there or a loose connection Mm. or even just too much dust on something it's going to shake off Mm. and then work because Mm. my old Commodore 64 monitor that's dead and it's got vertical collapse it was doing that where 
you turn it on and nothing would come up. Mm. And I'd do the actual Fonz where I'd smash it on the side of the <laughs> monitor yeah. and bloop, comes back up. Yeah, right. Um, and that worked for years. Yeah. But then it stopped working. Okay. So whatever was loose or dying or, mm. you know, you could even imagine a physical hit under the equipment could, I don't know, shake the contents of a capacitor. Mm. I'm making that up. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's also what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now my C60 monitor is mm. permanently dead and I need to actually get parts to replace it. Mm-hmm. But what you did is probably just shake something tight. Yep. Wiggle mm. something tight. Can you? Do you know, Matt, why they put the hot glue on top of the capacitors? To stop them from vibrating. Yeah. Ah. Or, you know, it, they, yeah, just it's so they don't move. Okay. You right. should. Even, maybe even not vibrating, but like getting knocked around or sagging or something like that. Okay. And you should also be really careful around those capacitors. Oh. They hold well, charge. That, that's where electricity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, you did something probably scary, <laughs> very silly. Uh, I don't think there was any really big capacitors on there. Yeah, they they don't really have to be big, but okay. Yeah, the small ones, even the big ones, they're not going to kill you. They're just going to hurt. Right. But the small ones, they can zap you a little bit. Yeah. So I shouldn't do it again, is what you're telling me. No. Well, I'm, I mean, <laughs> not without knowing what you're doing. I'm left to say, but like, if you're going to find out what the problem is, you should turn it on and then stick your arm inside and we'll be <laughs> Yeah, good idea. Yeah, no, do that. I didn't do that. Um, well, next time it doesn't turn on when you turn it on, do an actual Fonz and see if that fixes it. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Game the System Podcast Episode 9, a podcast that statistics have proven one out of every 18,573 users on Aussie Arcade think that Game the System (laughs) Podcast is the best podcast they've ever listened to. It's also (laughs) a podcast about the people that play retro, arcade, modern, pinball, board games and anything else we think is fun and interesting. It's 5th of May 2018, and my name's Mark Bell. My name's John. My name's Matt. How are we doing? I'm doing good. Doing good? I was ready this time. Not that my answer was different, but... (laughs) (laughs) It was more elaborate. It wasn't just a single word this time. It was more confident. Exactly. Like as if I had on women's slacks. I watched... (laughs) What? (laughs) I watched the, the last episode of the IT crowd, Moss Gains Confidence by Buying Women's Slacks. Uh, How does that work? It I mean, works. You just have to watch and find it. <laughs> Maybe I have to try it. <laughs> Buying mean, women's slacks or actually wearing women's slacks? It's a. Have you seen the IT crowd? No, I haven't. It's a show. Yes. It's a comedy show. People keep saying so I should watch it. It's quite silly. Hmm. Yeah, you probably should. But, uh, yeah, so it's very silly. So hmm. I wouldn't take any kind of serious uh, advice out of that. Yeah. I'm open to the idea. <laughs> <laughs> and when, I mean, when you say women's slacks, it's basically like trousers. Yeah, because uh, people in the UK call slacks, well, they say slacks and mean trousers, whereas we say slacks and what are they like? Tights? Yeah. Really? Stockings? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I imagined like, yeah, active wear, like that kind of thing. Mm, what yeah. we now call active wear. Yeah. With the big X's on the... I'm glad they started calling it active wear. 
because there were so many different types that it was hard to describe what they are when you're talking about them. Mm. You know, you can say, oh, lycra or tights or whatever. Mm. Now, active wear, it just covers all sport mm. wear. And it sounds a lot less like 80s um, jazzercise. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you didn't say how you were going, Matt. I'm okay. Cool. <laughs> Good then. Should we go to reader feedback? Yeah. Cool. Baker Snark MDW on the forum. Wasn't really a question, but I think he makes a good point. Mm. The PCB that Matt is making, he does. Mm. He has lots of good knowledge. Mm. The PCB that Matt is making has Activision printed on it. Yeah. Um, We were talking about, uh, say, for instance, your 128-in-1 Atari Mm. and making the point that how can it be a bootleg when there is Atari printed on the PCB in chips. Meanwhile, your bootleg cart has Activision printed on the PCB. It, but what, Can you see the conundrum here? No. What, what's the problem? So someone in the future 20 years, right, yeah. finds uh, River Raid Tournament Edition uh, being sold at Game Traders, for instance, and they go, oh, this is, this is a bootleg, this is not real. And then someone says, well, you know, have you opened it up? Have you looked at the PCB? Mm. They open it up, they look at the PCB and it says Activision on it and they go, oh, this must be real. This <laughs> must have been made by Activision. But it'll have a, won't it have one of the flash chips or what, what's what's the yeah. type of chip are you It's using? EEPROM. Yeah, so they'll know because it's an EEPROM. Mm. But I think the point being... No, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the silly minor difference is I didn't put the little C logo... This is, it doesn't say Activision uh, copyright. Okay. That's fine Technicality. Then, right? Technicality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was a good point <laughs> and something worth thinking about. <laughs> uh, Thrax on Twitter, he says, Dead set agree about Billy Mitchell is guilty of cheating. Yes. Mm. He reckons he's done a scam cheat and adv- with advances in tech and communication and the resulting exposure to his world, he's been caught out. Mm. And that he's just stalling while he figures out how to do how to redo the scam believably. Mm. I agree. Mm. So that, yeah. yeah, a lot of people were saying that any new evidence that he brought in would have to go under super scrutiny mm. because there's been time now to make the fakes better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or it, it, now there's another level of what people know what to look for, and you just you know mm. make yep. it even better. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the whole... When I looked at the whole Twin Galaxies process, the first thing I think is this system seems way too easy to cheat, you know? There's not much in terms of verification considering how much effort people put in to make the record Mm. compared to the effort in the verification process. (laughs) It's uh, unbalanced. (laughs) Yeah. It definitely has been inconsistent. And going the further way... The further you go back... Yeah, it's. But again, that goes back to what I might have said in a previous podcast: is that back then, all you had was someone saying, "Yes, I did Mm. it," with a witness. Mm. What else could you do? Mm. You didn't. You couldn't. Maybe you could record it, but it'll cost a lot of money to have video cameras and things like that back then. So it's just a. It's just an example of what was available at the time, Mm. and I still think. It's, I mean, how far do you go? I mean, without wiping all of those old scores and starting again, 
Yeah, I yeah, don't know. You, I just you can't. Yeah. So it is really hard to get a new Donkey Kong score now. Oh. The crap they have to go through. Mm. Wow. Okay. So you can't you can't send in a video like Billy did. Mm. You have to have the camera recording. Yeah. You know, while you play, and mm. as soon as you're done, without stopping the recording, without moving the machine out of the frame of the camera, you have to pull off your control panel and show that it's a cross thingy uh, gate. Yep. Go around the back of the machine, open it up, and show the board, point yeah. out the disk switch, all, all sorts of things. Yeah. And before that, to before you start your run, you have to turn the um, cab off and then turn it on mm. so it shows the booting process. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also a community verified thing now. So you as a person submitting a high score would mm. put your video up online mm. and then the Twin Galaxies community critique that. Mm. And then it needs to get a certain number of votes to say, yes, this is a verified or I believe this is a verified score and then mm. it goes through. Mm-hmm. So it is more strict now and that's good. Mm. I believe that's still for the high profile things only, right? Or no, no, that's for everything. The, the community approval? Yeah, the community okay. approval, yeah. That's for everything now, which is good. But again, I think without locking off a lot of people from being able to submit scores from other countries and things like that, that's as much as you can do. Mm. Because the other end of the spectrum is Orcade, which is now becoming sort of the, the, the main place where people post high scores now because it is higher degree of verified where you can only do your scores in approved arcades mm-hmm. and there's only a select few around the world mm-hmm. netherworld is one of them mm-hmm. so then you have the owner of that arcade saying yes this is my board we checked it this is real mm. um, and then i think it also has to be live streamed over twitch or something like that wow. which netherworld jimmy from netherworld actually does for people who come in and say they want to do a high score yeah right so they set up all the cameras for them and mm. That'd and that's the only that's that's good, right? Mm. I mean, that's that's as verified as you can get. But then, if you can't get to Netherworld, mm. I think there's only two places in Australia you can you can submit high mm. scores mm. that way. Mm. And if you can't get to those, you can't submit a high score. Yeah. So, yeah, how far do you go without locking out a lot of people mm. from attempting these scores? That would actually be really cool. I, I don't know if this is something that's already happening, but it'd be awesome to get to a point where you have a well-known arcade, you know, something like Netherworld where they've got so many people coming in to try and get a high score in a game that they've essentially got a Twitch channel that's always got someone, <laughs> mm. you know, in, in like peak hours trying to, like playing something like whatever they're playing, you know. Yep. Um, that'd be cool to be able to just go on to Twitch and go, oh, who's trying at the moment and they're playing yeah. whatever they're playing and you can do you can jump on netherworld's twitch page and mm. see who's going for a world record at the moment that'd be cool yeah or it is cool near you, you'd go there in person sorry Could, would they did they let you watch in person i think so i don't know the you know particular precautions they take in that regard mm. but yeah they hosted i mean when i was considering going for the ghouls and ghosts world record I talked to Jimmy and said, you know, this is something I'm thinking of doing, coming up to Brisbane anyway in such and such a time for a pinball tournament. I can bring along my Ghouls and Ghosts board because he doesn't have one. Mm. And he said, yeah, of course, just bring it up. We'll plug it in. We'll set up the Twitch stream and off you go. They do it for people almost every day. Mm. Cool. Which is a great service, I think. Yeah. But again, if you can't get to Brisbane to do that, then 
you know, you're a bit out of luck mm. in Australia. Mm. So there's two ends of the spectrum. You can have the really super verified thing that locks a lot of people out, or you can have it a little bit looser and therefore a bit more interesting mm. and accommodating. I don't mm. know. Uh, Alex Boz from Oz Retro Gamer on Twitter asks a rhetorical question. Mm. Why is the C64 port of Double Dragon so crap? <laughs> <laughs> because it is. Is that it's because shit. a lot of ports on C64 were... So a lot crap? of ports on the arcade, of, of arcade games on the C64 were pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Double Dragon was particularly bad. What's Outrun like? Is there an Outrun? Yeah, I thought it was pretty crappy, mm. but... Matt, you thought it was okay? Is this the Double Dragon that has the character split in half? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a gap, there's oh, an air gap between. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember seeing, I think I saw this on like a video of most crappy ports mm. where it was like, yeah, you can't, you can't actually, it's just two like lanes essentially. No, no, no. Isn't that's it? the Atari one, oh, yeah, which yeah. I would say is a lot worse. The yeah, that's probably the worst one. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a top lane and a bottom lane. Yeah. You can't cross over. Yeah. You're playing two player co-op. Yeah. You just each walk in your lane, yeah. punch one guy at the end, and then move to the next screen. <laughs> yeah, but the C64 one, it's even the developers knew it was bad because in the manual they apologize and say, you know, this is what these are the limitations, <laughs> this is what we made, and yes, Jesus. we know it's not that great, but that will still take your money. Yeah. Wow. There was a better version See, made that's later. that's the kind of shit that led to the so- so-called crash of video games that <laughs> we didn't really experience, but... Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just the sprite being split like that. I mean, that's not that's neither here nor there. It's just it plays like ass. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any other thoughts on Double Dragon C64, Matt? I don't quite remember playing it. I think okay, I must have played the it. Best. But, oh, yeah. Don't <laughs> remember, yeah. Yeah. Just block it out of your mind. <laughs> Let's go on to news. The Neo Gini, Neo Gini, Neo Geo Mini mm. console. Mm-hmm. I know absolutely nothing about this other than John said it's been announced. Yeah, it was announced. And since it was announced, there was more information. Yesterday, someone released a picture, but it's not an official announcement. So this may or may not be the actual machine. And I was mm. really hoping for basically a mini, like, is it AES? Yeah. Yes. Is the home console? There's MVS and AES. Oh, okay. Right. I think AES is the arcade one because it starts with arcade, A, A perhaps. MVS. Hmm. I was or hoping again, for like making a, assumptions. A mini version. <laughs> I was hoping for a mini version of the whole home console. Hmm. But that's not what it is. Hmm. It's well, okay, so according to this unofficial picture, so it's like a little mini arcade machine. Oh. Um, and yeah, there's like a little, I think it said three and a half inch screen and a controller thing. And then it's still got HDMI out. Um, so you can plug it into your TV and stuff. All right. Yeah. And I think there was some controller ports or I'm not sure how that works, but Hmm. yeah, I was hoping for more of the, like the, you know, black, black console. It looks like a cabinet. Yeah. Yep. So it's got a little, it's like a stand up cabin and oh. well yeah. so when you say this isn't hasn't been officially announced mm. so whoever owns neo geo now hasn't come out and said we're making this no right no. 
No. So this is all rumor and yeah. So I think it was on IGN, mm. um, but it was it. It did say unofficial, so it may not be. It's probably what it is, but it may not be it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, so this is one that I actually probably would like to get though, because there's so many great Neo Geo games, and <laughs> you're shaking your head. <laughs> not really. I wasn't a big fan of Neo Geo. Oh, they had a couple of okay games. You consistently disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you like 2020 baseball for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, it's an That's awesome a bad game. game. <laughs> no, it's great. It's terrible. It's really good. <laughs> Burning Fight was what? one of the worst scrolling beat 'em ups ever made. Why don't you like 2020 baseball? Because it's just bad. As in, it's not that interesting, or yeah, the graphics just... are good, don't you think? Oh, the graphics are okay. Okay. Yeah, but Neo Geo, all the graphics were great. Yeah, pretty much, I guess. Do you like baseball? No. Do you like sport? No. Okay, that's probably the, so we've, the we've, issue. Yeah. <laughs> we've resolved that one as far as baseball games go I don't think there's many better and not that I've played okay. heaps of them but it's really it's fun yeah mm. anyway um, but then yeah you've got obviously all Fatal Fury and Metal Slug there's supposedly like three Metal Slug's good yeah so there's three versions of Metal Slug apparently mm. there's a couple of Fatal oh, Furies in the thing. good in the okay. mini yeah Fatal Fury special that was pretty cool mm-hmm. I was more a art of fighting guy i like the original art of fighting okay um and i don't know why i like those more than fatal fury but it just felt i don't know just felt better to me as a person who was really into fighting games at Mm -hmm. the time yeah but yeah fatal fury didn't do much for me Mm -hmm. okay and world heroes i actually had good memories of world heroes but Mm -hmm. then Probably just a month ago, you and I played it on my main cab, mm. World Heroes Jet. <laughs> Me thinking, oh, yeah, I remember this game being great. And we jumped in and it was terrible. <laughs> we only probably played half a match and thought, no, we can't keep no, we, going on We this. definitely played a full match because I remember creaming you because I found uh, a couple of really cheesy moves <laughs> and I just totally cheesed you out there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, my memories of that game was good. But then we, well, then I realized that, no, it's actually not that great. Mm. Blue's Journey was good on the Neo Geo. That was a platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last Resort, that was a really good shoot 'em up. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't think there were very many good Neo Geo games. I feel like this is going to be a project for me for the next episode to tell you about more good Neo Geo games. Mm. But anyway, mm. King of Monsters. Uh, uh, yeah, that was okay. It was okay. I know. I, yeah. I wasn't going to say it's good, but it's fun to look at and yeah the idea is good yeah. being <laughs> monsters and just killing each other while slamming through skyscrapers yeah. and eating people and yeah mm-hmm. mm. but to play it was alright yeah. <laughs> so I've also seen comments about people saying a very similar thing to what I've said about the Sega mini console which is that this is not the first one they've done and the ones in the past have been terrible mm. and basically don't bother. So mm. I'm a little bit... Th- th- it's one that I'd like to get because the actual Neo Geo consoles are quite expensive. Yeah. Um, so it'd be nice to be able to have the little console and just have all the core like collection and just be able to play it you know, on the normal TV. Mm. Um, so I'd like to go there, but we'll have to wait and see what it's like. Hopefully it won't be rubbish. Mm. Hopefully, and yeah, maybe 
like the C64 Mini, it's a bit of a cash-in where they mm. see the demand and hype and things for these little mini consoles mm. raising and they go, oh, let's make one of those. Even though we've made a couple beforehand that were shit, like if we're talking mm. about those Mega Drive ones, mm. um, they, they're going to cash in on the current hype and make a new one and say, oh, there's a brand new thing coming out. Everyone mm. get excited. Yeah. So we'll see. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the Retro Hour podcast episode 118, which is a great podcast, highly recommended. They do some great interviews with um, people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they interviewed Chuck Somerville, who is one of the designers of California Games. And mm-hmm. so really this is just me trying to get in the, the bi-weekly uh, footbag update. <laughs> <laughs> Did they ask him why... Uh What's it called? Flying Disc isn't in some versions of the game? He did talk about that, actually. He did. Bullshit. No, he did. He did. Um, Oh, my God. But I can't remember (laughs) what he said because all I was interested in was Footbag. (laughs) And he did talk about that a little bit, but he was referring to it as Hacky Sack, even though in the game it's called Footbag. What? Yeah. Even he's a believer. I, I think they probably wanted to call it Hacky Sack, but like... Uh, Mark Williams said some big corporation owned the rights to that mm-hmm. name mm. and so you can't use it. Mm-hmm. So it was Footbag or Footsack. <laughs> Just maybe even better name. <laughs> Mario Kart Wii turned 10 years old a couple of weeks ago. Oh. Does that mean it's retro? No. <laughs> <laughs> People are calling PS2 retro. Of course they are. It's over 10 years old. <laughs> no, I just wanted to point that out to Matt because oh, I, right. I knew that it would probably. I know him. They, they're entitled to their incorrect opinion. <laughs> <laughs> what else can we say that would annoy Matt? Uh, <laughs> I was actually thinking around this, and I was listening to another podcast. And apologies, I can't remember which one it was. They sort of started talking around what is retro. And, you know, the whole 10-year thing, can we describe 10-year-old games as retro? And mm. I just started thinking maybe maybe it's time to start describing games that are actually what we would think of as retro mm. as vintage. Mm. You know, before the 3D era and, you know, we're talking 16-bit, 8-bit mm. and before, mm. they could be described as vintage. Mm. And these other games that are old, mm. 10 years old or more... Mm. They're kind of retro now. Mm. I don't know. Where does the 10-year rule come from? Is this like actually part of the definition of the word of retro? or I just heard oh, it somewhere. It? Okay. And now I'm just I mean, beating the drum to piss Matt off. It, no, but see, this, this, <laughs> this goes to my point that I'm about to make. Retro music, is that 80s style? Mm. See? Mm. Mm. See where I'm going with this? Yeah, and so th- that never moves. It do- it's not like you know, time advances another 10 years and... Retro music has advanced through the 90s and somehow, you know. No, I, think, I, thought, I think you'll find that it is, though, because if yeah. you ask someone who's like 20 now what's retro, they probably might, they could say Nirvana or Absolutely. something. No, they wouldn't. Absolutely. No, they wouldn't oh, say that. Come on, I think come on, man. You need to talk some, to some 20 year olds. I think you'll find <laughs> they will. <laughs> and they'll be wearing like the flannels with their um, jacket like tied around their waist. Mm. Yep. You know, like Bill and Ted style. And the reason why I thought of the vintage description is because you think about cars and there's retro cars, but then you have vintage cars, mm. like going back 
way back. Yeah. And, and they even have, um, I think it's part of the registration process now, if you're registering as a vintage vehicle, you're not allowed to drive it on certain roads and you oh. and there's certain registration restrictions and around how long you can register them for. And Even older than that, you have to put jalopy. <laughs> that was a stupid joke. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that some of those jalopies on the highway, though, and you're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Silly person. <laughs> <laughs> Going at 20 kilometres an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a good point, though, Like, and it would help uh, because how can you put something like Space Invaders in the same you know, category as, like, Virtual Fighter or... Ikaruga. Yeah. Because that's a shooter. That's, that'd be that's retro okay. now. That's over it's 10 years old. It's okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't really yeah like you said you can't really put space invaders and ikaruga next to each other and say they're both retro mm. so maybe one's vintage and one's retro mm. Mm. i'm yeah. not making a i'm not trying to make an argument for my term being adopted i'm just saying mm. maybe you know we start thinking about yeah. that kind mm. of thing well and this is why i like what they've done at pax which is to call it classic gaming and i think that mm. to call it classic gaming is a better term because it can include things like Pac-Man and, you know, Atari games. and But it can also cover PS2 and, you know, and, and it also infers that you are interested in mostly games that are good, I suppose, like because oh, okay. they're, they're actually games that have stood the test of time in a way. Oh, I see. You know, yeah, like yeah. people play... I mean, there's so many Atari games and I'm yep. sure... There's heaps of games that people have just forgotten about because nobody likes them, you know. Mm. So unless you're a collector who's collecting a set, uh, no one's really interested, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I like classic. Yeah. I like using the term I classic. think that's, yeah, I'm with you there. Because mm. there's also golden age. There's golden age. That path. That's like the, that's like what comics what, do. What, what, Silver age. Silver bronze. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that song? The only problem is when you Medieval. start saying things like modern and then you have to get into postmodern and uh-huh. <laughs> all that hmm. shit. Hmm. <laughs> uh, on the topic of classic areas in PAX, mm-hmm. uh, PAX East was held just recently in Boston on the 8th of April. They had no classic gaming section. What? Apparently... They called the classic section off because it was too much of a hassle moving the equipment around. But do they, do they run it themselves or does somebody else do it? Somebody else probably does it, similar to what happens in Australia, mm-hmm. right? So they allow whoever's running it mm. to, to bring all this stuff in and call it the classic area or whatever. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's the case. But at the same time, I was just wondering or maybe posing the question if... They've taken that out of PAX East. Could it happen here? Could they just go, ah, let's not do a classic area this time? And what would that mean? I've got a feeling that, and this is pure speculation, but I think that it's probably something that's socially circumstantial. And what I mean is, who knows what's happened? Maybe, you know, the people who run the classic or one particular person who's running classic uh, area has had an argument with one of the organisers. Mm. You know, sometimes you get these really weird personalities that can just be very grating in certain 
things mm. and maybe you just have a person like that that's you know um, caused them to say you know what yeah we don't need you <laughs> yeah yeah because i think unfortunately for us the classic area is really something that i think they don't it's such a small thing in terms of the show on the whole mm. you know mm. um and a lot of people that go to PAX probably don't give two hoots about it, mm. um, which, which sucks because there's some really awesome things there to, to be seen. Yeah. Um, I mean, all you have to do is look at the, 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 the console free play area. It's huge and there's so many consoles there. And to me, it's like nowhere near as interesting, obviously. Mm. Um, and it was run, I think, not well at all. Almost like an afterthought. Yeah. You know. It yeah, was, that was bad. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, but they've given so many more resources to that area. Mm. You know? And I guess because it's more of a draw card to say to people, hey, come and play some PS4s and yeah. Xbox Ones, you know, and you yeah. can play for as long as you want. There was a lot of people. Yeah. There was a huge line to get into that. Yeah. We've got all these games and all these consoles come and play, you mm. know, when you end up spending half the time just waiting for the game to install. But, mm. Uh, mm. yeah. And again, maybe it sort of highlights that a lot of these areas are depending on people putting their hand up and saying they'll do it. So all it would take would be one person saying, oh, you know, I just moved house, for instance. Or I've mm. just lost my job and I need to find another job. Mm. I can't do it this year and maybe this happens a week before PAX. Mm. They just have to pull the whole thing out yeah. and say, sorry, we can't do it this year mm. because you're relying on those individuals saying, yes, I'll do it. Mm. And so it kind of reminded to me that how, precar how precarious this whole position is mm. and that the main reason I go to PAX and the reason why I enjoy PAX is because mm. of the classic gaming area. Mm. Mm. And, and yet it depends on these, small, these few individuals to get mm. that up and running. Mm. And how important that is, and how valued that mm. is, and how much I, I think they should be thanked, and mm. yeah, all of that. But again, if something happens and it just gets pulled, mm. yeah, it's a big deal for people like us, yeah, not necessarily most of the people who go to the show, mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, I think that we're probably fairly safe in Australia. And it's because of the people that are involved with organising that, like Alex Boz and the Weirdo mm -hmm. Retro guys and Marty mm -hmm. Robbins, who does helps with the pinball stuff and, and those other guys. Uh, where are they from? The... Oh, I've forgotten. The Melbourne Silverball Club or... Is yeah. it a Bayside Pinball Club? Yeah. I think yeah, that's I think it. that's the guys. They, they bring in a lot of the games and... Yeah, yeah, apologies, I can't remember the guy's name, but there's one guy in particular who basically runs that whole thing mm. and i can't quite remember his name at the moment yeah and i think those guys you know are the ones that are keeping it going yeah um from all, through all their efforts and through probably all the stuff they put up with from the people that are organizing packs yeah and <laughs> they're just the passionate enthusiasts yeah. and they want to try and get that out there to the wider community and you know people mm. enjoy it and and yet it could be just so easy to go oh I can't be fucked moving mm. 30 pinball machines today. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of work. So thank you to all those guys who run that stuff, and uh, hopefully it keeps going, despite what happened at PAX East. Hopefully it's just a one-off. Mm. 
Um, new information released on the Elvira 3 pinball machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a guy that went to, I can't remember what particular expo or whatever, but Cassandra Peterson was there and this guy got a photo with her and everything and and uh, she, Cassandra, basically confirmed a couple of things. So it's coming late 2018 or early 2019. The artwork is apparently gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um there will be clips from Elvira's movie Macabre films playing on the LCD. Mm. And Elvira herself, Cassandra, is doing all of the call-outs. And she was actually she actually recorded those last week. Um, awesome. Yeah, so all that information has been confirmed by Cassandra herself. I actually tweeted that out on the Game the System Twitter account. And Elvira retweeted that. So double oh, confirming cool. that it's coming from her herself. Oh, awesome. So yeah, it's it's coming. Mm. Really excited about that. That's cool how involved she is with the project. Mm. And but I guess it's always been that way, you know, and that's mm. probably part of the success of the whole thing. Yep. And Oz Retro Gamer sort of commented on that and said, um, he wonders if Brian Eddy has taken over the design of it. <laughs> um, either way, this sounds like an absolute winner. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh new time zone opened. Another one. Another one in Central Park. The only reason I'm mentioning this is because it's Central Park, which is across the road from UTS where I work, Mm -hmm. where we happen to be right now recording, by the way. Mm -hmm. Not Central Park in New York City. No. Although (laughs) maybe there is one there. Who knows? Not in the park. Sorry? (laughs) So where... I'm not even sure... I wasn't aware there was a Central Park in Sydney. Yes. You're saying it's right near here, but I... It's across the road. You know where those... um, the building with all the plants on it, yeah, which looks really awesome. There's a oh. shopping center in there, and yeah. you go behind that. There's a big park area, oh, right? Shitloads of shops, restaurants. That's where we go to Din Tai Fung. Of course, it is the Dumpling House. Okay, right. Mm. Um, so that whole area is called Central Park. It's like okay. a, it's a new entertainment hub in Sydney. Mm. It's probably a couple of years old now. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go over there when we're done. Hold that thought. Yeah. Because I checked it out yesterday. It opened literally last week. I think it might have even been on the Friday, which mm-hmm. was yesterday. And I thought, yeah, I should check this out, see what it's like. Mm. My one, one two-word review, it's shit. Oh. It's all redemption. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Do they have any fighting games? They do. So 99, oh, that's 99.9% redemption. The, the 0.1% that isn't is two Tekken 5 cabs. Tekken 5? Yeah. I don't know how new or old that is. Is that new or old? Well, we've had Tekken 6 and Tekken 7 since then, so... Right. That's pretty average for an arcade in the city. But isn't that kind of good, having an older game? Is Tekken 5 in high regard compared to the sequels? Uh, I don't don't think so. Uh, I think it's... Yeah, that's a good question, and it's it's probably the kind of time when I really fell out of... Um, playing those sorts of games, so mm. so I'm not that well across it, right? Um, but I think probably, yeah, I think Tekken Seven has has really come back with popularity, right? So I think five and six probably weren't as popular, but right, yeah, okay. Mm. They also had um, Street Fighter Five, or at least I think it was Street Fighter Five. Mm. I was standing there for probably literally two minutes waiting for the title screen to come up. 
<laughs> and the intro was just going and going and going. <laughs> you know, Ryu and Ken, they're mm. fighting in that artistic style mm. and they're doing their supers mm. and, and then Yuri would jump in and she's doing her things mm. and spins and just standing there waiting for the title screen to come up. And the reason why waiting for the title screen was because they're in these shitty generic cabs mm. really? um, that don't have any marquee, control panel artwork, anything. So you can't actually tell what the game is without mm. the title screen coming up. Yeah. And so I got bored of that. I just assumed, okay, Street Fighter Five. Mm. Walked off, went around some other areas of time zone just to have a look what other games they got. And then when I was leaving, I walked past that cab again and that intro was still playing. It hadn't looped. It was still playing the <laughs> intro. So bloody, uh, what's her name? I've forgotten her name. Abuki? Yeah, Abuki. Mm -hmm. She jumped in and then Guy jumps in again and, <laughs> you know, they're doing their artistic thing and, God, that went on forever. <laughs> it could be Ultra 4 because I think it seems like they're highlighting the newer characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I knew it was either going to be Street Fighter 4 or 5. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I did sort of do a once around of, of the place and there was a Pac-Man ticket mania, mm -hmm. which is not the giant Pac-Man that we might have seen around like I think the four player mm. Pac-Man or whatever it is it's kind of a it's got a big giant vertical LCD mm. um, but it's just a redemption version of Pac-Man mm -hmm. Cruise and Blast which is sort of Cruise in USA but a newer one mm. I guess mm. Space Invaders Frenzy that's the one with the gun mm -hmm. yeah. Wizard of Oz Coin Pusher I know you're particular <laughs> to that thing they all John. have that thing <laughs> that's like you got addicted to it's that like for a while, crack didn't you? for coin pushers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you get addicted to a coin pusher? Tell uh, me this story. It's very easy to just keep going and feed in a lot of money into that thing. I don't know. There's something about it that's fun. and But I think the Wizard of Oz theme probably resonates a lot with me. Having So we had the pinball machine, and that really rekindled... Um, that theme in my mind i suppose hmm. and i realized that even though as a kid i was like oh this is lame you know always fast forward through the somewhere over the rainbow song because it's boring um but revisiting it now as an as an adult i realized like how much that was i guess a part of my childhood and all the really great things about it and i think that that movie is iconic for a reason you know and mm. i probably the pinball machine's got so many great call outs there's a lot of really funny lines in that movie mm. um so yeah that sort of rekindled my i guess love for that and playing the coin pusher you get that same sort of feeling and i think because of the physicality of it too you know pushing the coins down and the excitement of like, oh, it's almost over, it's almost <laughs> over, you know, when you've got a big chunk of stuff and thinking about what's the most efficient way to use the coins because it's got that particular one. I think a few of them have this, but they call it rapid fire mode. So you can hold the button down and it'll just keep piling the coins out and you oh. go through them really quickly that way, which to me, I don't know why you'd want to do that. Some people like doing it apparently, but I prefer to do like one coin at a time because I feel like it's more efficient at pushing things over. Hmm. Um, so it depends on what you're doing. But then it's also got a collection aspect to it as well. So you've got the cards and you can create a set 
with all the characters. Yeah, I and like so, that idea. Some of them are more rare than others. So, for hmm. example, Toto is the most rare card in that thing. So, if you see the Toto card, that's actually worth a lot, I guess. Well, it's rare. So, hmm. Hmm. And they do sell them on eBay. So, you probably could sell oh, them right. on eBay. <laughs> Did you get a Toto when you were addicted to it? Okay, so I, I've got a story about the Toto card. I once in... Rouse Hill, I was there playing the game and I was playing it for ages and I put a lot of money in. I'm not going to say how much because it's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, I was trying to get the Toto card and I pushed it right to the edge and my watch actually stopped. Like, I think the battery died in it. And I looked at my watch and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've still got like 15 minutes and I'm trying to get it. And then my wife called me and she's like, where are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm still at the arcade. And she's like, well, you're supposed to be over here with for your appointment. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I look at my the time on my phone and I realized my watch was like 20 minutes behind. Mm. <laughs> so it was already like five minutes late and I had to leave it. And I'm like, oh, huh. damn it. And so, of course, I had like a pocket full of the coins that you get out of the machine. So I had to go and get rid of those. So I put them into the redeeming thing. And then I walked back and there was a girl sitting at the game where I was. And I was like, see that Toto card? That's the most rare card. You should try and get that. And I had to leave. Huh. And it was wow. like right on the edge. Like if I had 10 more minutes, I would have got it. But anyway, mm. Mm. but I also probably shouldn't have been putting a bunch of money into it. So mm. did your watch really stop? Yes. Or was that your did. brain just going, ah, just no. ignore that. Just ignore the time. Just keep, keep playing. Yeah, no. Keep was, putting those coins It was in. one of those situations. I ran over to my appointment and I got there and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm late. My watch stopped. And I'm like, look, it did, I swear. <laughs> like I was showing the girl behind the counter and she's probably like, whatever, I don't care, you know. Because uh, <laughs> I've been in situations like that before and you, you just... You, you should have just explained the thing about the Toto card and she would have understood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. She probably doesn't even know what Wizard of Oz is. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so that's my, my Toto story. Oh, it was Tekken 7. Oh, yeah. Well, that I'm makes a lot more sense. just looking at the list of Tekken 7. Because that's the new one. Okay. Yeah, that makes heaps more sense. Because I went into an arcade in Blacktown and they had Tekken 6. And I was like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> I got Tekken 6. <laughs> <laughs> I should have looked at my list before I said it was Tekken 5. But they also had Mario Kart Arcade GP, mm -hmm. Crossy Road, mm -hmm. uh, Time Crisis 5, mm -hmm. Jurassic Park. I don't know if you call the cabs environmental. I think you do, where you uh, actually go climb inside them. I played the Jurassic Park one. It's not very good. Hmm. The Walking Dead one is good. They had Walking Dead. Yeah. I was just going to say that. And Daytona Championship. Okay. So, you know, some... All right games I guess mm. but for a person like me who wants to go into one of those places and see pinball and classic arcade mm. nothing they won't have classic they didn't have any pinball no zero wow okay because yeah. the one in so in Rouse Hill they've got two pinball machines but no fighting games mm. and so I was like well I'm glad they have pinball but no, no fighting which sucks because mm. I feel like that's did we talk about this before I don't know yes maybe I perhaps. feel like it's a staple of an arcade arcade like they've got to have at least one fighting game like come on oh absolutely how can yeah. you not have street fighter yeah that's crazy yeah so all right you better do your parking yep
just noticed we're all wearing video game related t-shirts. Isn't that a thing? I, I mean, well, it is for us, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing a Proto Men shirt. Yeah. And they're a band who do video game related music? It's a Mega Man rock opera. Explain this to me. The, uh, rock opera. Mega Man. <laughs> I know those two things, but how does... So they're a band who just do that. Yeah. Right. And cover songs, but yeah, like... Of other games or Mega Man? No, no. Queen. Uh-huh. Um, they've got a lot of Queen covers and also other um, dorky 80s songs, like... Hmm. Um, not sure, is that the name? But the, the song from Top Gun... The uh, right. highway to the danger zone. <laughs> yeah. Stuff I like see. that. Yeah. And you saw them at PAX or Yeah, we saw them together at PAX. We and did. then Oh yeah, I remember that yeah. now. Now they remind me. And then on that tour they played two shows in Sydney and I went to both of those. Right. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm wearing a Silent Hill two T shirt referencing the dog ending. Which is a interesting ending to the game. If you fulfil certain aspects throughout the game, it's sort of the joke ending. Um, so James, the protagonist of Silent Hill 2, walks into this room and there's this dog in a chair with all these security cameras around him, headphones and microphone on, and 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 James says, "What does he say?" You can quote the shirt because I'm wearing. So it. it was all your work. <laughs> He gets, drops to his knees, puts his hands <laughs> up in the air, sort of implying that the dog has just been controlling the whole thing all the way through. Yeah. And then this really stupid song starts and the dog's doing a bark and, yeah, it's it's actually kind of cringeworthy and bad, but that's why it's kind of funny. But it's an optional ending. See, if that was yeah. the only ending... That, that would be really <laughs> weird. Yeah. And then um, it would be canon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's not. It's just the joke ending. <laughs> So you've explained that game to me a lot. I've never played it. I don't know that I've even seen very much of it. Hmm. Um, but the, but a let's play of it was linked recently. You know, came across thingy, and I watched like the first few minutes. And I'm like, oh, it's not quite what I was expecting. <laughs> the intro part, which yeah. I don't think th- this thing was cut up at all. It was probably just like start and then it plays the start of the thingy. Hmm. And then that song came on. Which I remembered, we saw the guy perform it at the Opera House. Oh, Akira Yamaoka. Yeah, yeah. That's the intro. Yeah, that like the the song at the beginning. That's the one that they played. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Remind me it what the intro was again. As guitar part. Right. I, I don't know exactly, but it had some guitar lead. I remember him playing on the guitar. Hmm. I think that was the same song. Yeah, I'd actually forgotten we'd seen him <laughs> at the Opera House. That yeah. was cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, it's it's a hard game to watch. Okay. I don't know if you had that experience when you were watching it. No, only because I didn't want to spoil it, just right. in case one day I play it. Yeah, you were never. So I only saw play like it. yeah, the first two minutes. I don't know. It's like an interview with the wife, I guess, or something like that. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, it'd be really hard to talk about the game without spoiling it if you don't want spoilers. I know a lot from what you told me but I'd probably not like really a lot hmm. themes more than what happens hmm. yeah. I would say it's still the best story I've experienced in a video game ever hmm. 
from then and all the way up to now. Yeah. It's really, really cool. But it's it's a hard game to play. It's not a great game to play. The gameplay is pretty shitty. The camera's horrible. Yeah. It's tank control, so, you know, you push right. forward to move oh, forward, that's, that's left and controls. right to turn, They're left the and controls. right. And <laughs> for maybe that aspect, <laughs> for a third-person fixed camera game, it's probably the best controls. Yeah. But still, it's... It makes it hard because when you're in combat situations, it's difficult. I'm not even sure I mean, there was a lock-on. <coughs> so oh. you couldn't lock on to your enemy. Yeah. I could be wrong there, but I just remember it being frustrating. But it's the story that holds the whole game up. Yeah, It's an incredible story. Is it this game on Article 3? You have to get a key by fishing it out of a... No, is it this one? <laughs> That's probably all Silent Hill games. <laughs> no, or, or is it you have to mould the key out of something that's totally not appropriate? No, nah, I don't know. There's really stupid puzzles in that game yeah. that don't make any sense. I think it was either you... It was probably me it. explaining one where, and I could be getting this wrong, but you had to, you had to get a candle. Ah, uh, yeah, it was something like melting something. Yeah, and then no. you have a, like a mould for a horseshoe. Right. And then I think you had to, and again, I'm probably getting this all wrong, but you you melt the candle into the into the mould to create a horseshoe that you attach to a grate in the floor or something to be able to pull the grate up and then get something from underneath it. Obviously. Yeah. And it's it's just a set of circumstances you have to do that don't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. So that sounds like the way point and clink it point-and-click adventure games got mm. at some point where they were you would never think of this you're just clicking on the screen and yeah something like that would happen but you you I mean you'd probably get through it because you could click on the things you can't click yeah that don't really make sense though yeah but it, that sort of thing probably would happen in one of those games wasn't there a really famous one from um secret of monkey island that was just one of the stupidest puzzles they, ever. It's likely they did that on purpose as a... Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. that was the sort of game it was. Yeah. But I don't. I haven't played that one. Hmm. Yeah, I've played very little Secret of Monkey Island. I think I played a remake on the Xbox 360, hmm. but I didn't get very far in it. Yeah. I'm not a point-and-click adventure kind of person. Don't find them that interesting. Uh, the good ones are good. What's a good one? It, the, I mean, it, it's also... They're probably terrible now. Always remember the Indiana Jones Fate of Atlantis. I no, think it I've was heard good. people talk about that. I think it was good. Yeah, it's, it's likely you play it now and it's terrible. Hmm. Like I don't know if they've aged very well. Hmm. Uh, full throttle. Yeah, pretty I've sure heard it was that's good. good. Yeah. Hmm. And John's wearing a. And John's not here right now. He's moving his car. Hmm. The old move your car. Move your car. <laughs> uh, he's wearing a. Zelda 1 shirt where it has Link made up of tiles from the game. Yeah. Yeah. The work, the Yeah, tiles from the back the backgrounds. Yeah. yeah. So trees and dirt yeah. and stuff yeah. to make a highly pixelized version of Link. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool shirt. I like that shirt. If I was a big Zelda fan, I'd get that shirt. Yeah, but it's Zelda 1. Yeah. It's one of the only Zeldas I've never completed. Yeah, I haven't either. I have it, and I played it, but I never completed it. It's meant to be really good. Apparently, it holds up really well. 
does it? I mean, I, I think I went to it after I had played through Link to the Past. Yeah, that was my experience. And then tried that one and thought it was a bit too... Going back, I mean, a bit more archaic than I wanted it to be. Mm. So I stopped. I think it was criticised for not making anything obvious. As in, you don't... You're just thrown into the world and then you have to work out what the hell you're doing. Yeah. Whereas other Zelda games later guided you through the experience. Well, I mean, there's but definitely that's, a that's, thing that happens yeah. where you have to bomb a wall and you can see the crack in the wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I don't know if that exists in... Yeah, I don't think so. And certainly these days, it's... I think we value more a game that just lets you figure it out as you go along. Because yeah. I, I remember when Breath of the Wild came out, people were very excited about the way it lets you just exist in the world and make up the story yourself because mm. it was hearkening back to the first game. Oh, is that why? I, I was or at least I heard people say that. Grand Theft Auto. I mean, it's it's an open world game, which is the popular thing. Oh, that's what, the way I thought about it rather than, oh, it's like the first one. Hmm. Well, it's sort of, you know, the whole Dark Souls thing, right? Where for a long time, games were were too were guiding you too much mm. hand-holding and all of that and then Dark Souls came along and suddenly people remembered oh it's really great to just be thrown into a world and try and figure out what the fuck you're supposed to be doing yeah. it, it tells you nothing yeah. and you just die over and over and over again and it's just a matter of trying to work out what to do um, and Dark Souls really sort of brought that back and you know then you got Breath of the Wild that sort of does the same thing does it? But they were sort of saying that, yeah, the first Zelda was one of those games as well. But, again, I don't have too much experience with it. Yeah. That's probably... Probably should play it more. And Zelda 2, which I don't think I've ever loaded up. Hmm. I have that and I've played that a little bit too, but I never finished that one either. Hmm. It's bizarre that it went to a 2D perspective platformer. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I've watched speedruns. The speedruns are really entertaining. Yeah. Mm. The perspective change. I mean, now it looks weirder because that's the only one that's like that. But, I I mean... Were they necessarily making games... The sequels? Was that a thing? You know what I mean? Like, who knew what a sequel to a game looked like? Was that a done deal back then? Oh, I see. I mean, like, why wouldn't it be different? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. And, yeah, they did do that back then, like Bubble Bubble. The sequel to Bubble Bubble is Rainbow Islands. And right, the games yeah, yeah. are completely and utterly different. Yeah. And it's it's kind of cool that they have the confidence to just completely redesign the whole game. Okay. Yeah, there is a building being constructed right next to us. So if people are, are hearing reverse sounds and bangs and people yelling and mm-hmm. so on and so forth it's yeah there's a building being built so we're done with the news okay cool the news is done and i have coffee a lot so of I'm things happy. happened yes there that is correct quite a, quite a bit of new things mm. stuff that happened mm. Mm. and there's probably a lot more stuff that happened there's probably way more stuff that happened but we only cover what we're interested in mm-hmm. fuck everything else <laughs> Shall we do pickups, what we've been playing, etc., mm-hmm. etc.? Et yep. Um, shall I lead off? Sure. 
So, days before Christmas. Yeah. We talked about that last podcast mm. and how I went to Game Traders and they had one for 350 and I'd sort of sold myself and my wife that this is the thing we're going to get for my birthday, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Went there and found the instruction manuals of reproduction. Um, mm-hmm. So I decided not to get the game because who knows whether it's a real game or mm-hmm. a reproduction. Mm-hmm. Plus paying full price 350 for a game that um, doesn't have an instruction manual. I was kind of half and half on. So anyway, we also then talked about you, John, going to Parkley Markets the next day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and joked how funny it would be mm. if you came across a Days Before Christmas. Yep. Mm. That would have been hilarious if that happened. That would have been really funny. <laughs> and then what happened? Well, I went there and bought a bunch of stuff and I was about to leave and noticed up on the shelf high above, you know, not tucked in a corner, but yeah, away from everything else. There it is. <laughs> Days before Christmas. That is entirely bizarre and to I me. I was just like, what? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and we're talking about one of the rarest games on the Mega Drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, the super, super, super rare ones, they can go for a thousand, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the one of the rarest. And there's one in Game Traders, and then there just happens to be one the next day in Park mm-hmm. Lee Markets. Do you remember the, the story about it? I've forgotten now. It's something to do with, for some reason, it only got released in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. Oh. But I... Don't know the complete story either. I think it was something to do with licensing, mm-hmm. plus uh, it was produced close to the end of the Mega Drive life and also at the end of uh, the developer's mm-hmm. uh, life, which was Sunsoft, I think. Mm-hmm. I could look the cartridges over there, but, mm-hmm. you know, then I'd have to go over there. It is Sunsoft, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was only released in Australia for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So, so they're not an Australian developer, are they? No. Okay. So it's not because it was made here or anything like that? No. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the exact circumstances, but either way, because it was only released here, that makes it super rare. Mm-hmm. And you just came across one in a market mm. for yep. $200. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't have an instruction manual, but I'm happy to pay $200 for a... Super mm. rare game without an instruction manual, mm-hmm. and you and you know where to get one now. Well, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I could just go on eBay and go to um, what was it called? Reproductions Yo. No, backup Yo. Backup Reproductions. Backup Yo! Exclamation point. Reproductions. So I can just go on eBay to his store and buy one. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and it was a funny experience because I. Went to the market, I was super excited about it because there's not that many markets with old games around. Um, there's supposed to be the Blacktown markets, I think this, you get some there too, but I have to I have to check that out. But I think it's, I don't think there's as many of like the cartridge style. I think it's a lot of PlayStation and PS2 mm. and that sort of thing. But yep. um, yeah, so this guy, Michael, who is from, uh, I forget where he said, but He's in New South Wales, but I think he said it was about a four-hour drive. Four hours? Yeah. Bloody hell. Usually uh, does markets, you know, in the country and stuff. Mm. And sort of travels around. He doesn't sell stuff online. Um, it sells a lot of old games. And he doesn't collect old games. He collects... He said he collects, like, PS3 and 360, Xbox 360 games. Mm. Um, 
but not really interested in collecting older games. Uh, but he had a lot to sell, um, and he had a fair amount of stuff in boxes. And so I was, the whole time, I mean, I basically went through everything he had uh, to see what he had. And so I was there for probably two hours. Oh, and wow. I was taking photos and sending you guys pictures of stuff I thought you might be interested in. And then you, Mark, sent me your wish list and said, mm-hmm. if he has any of this, let me know. And I was looking through everything, and yeah, it was. I was about to leave. It was the last thing I noticed because it was away from everything else. Mm. Um, and I think he, I don't know if he knew like how rare it was or what it was worth. You know, again, because he's not super interested. I think in mm. that era mm-hmm. of games. Um, and he said, "Yeah, I'll do it for two hundred. He obviously knew it was somewhat valuable. Um, yeah. And. I said, I think my friend will be interested, and yep. you know, then I immediately you said yes. Yeah, we transferred some money, and yeah, um, done deal. Mm. Yeah, very happy with that. And because I saved a hundred and fifty dollars from my original purchase, oh. I had an extra hundred and fifty dollars to spend on birthday stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> I know. So, what would have happened if you got the one from Game Traders and then discovered? this one the next day oh yeah next day well later yeah i don't know i don't think i'd be super unhappy or anything yeah. i mean i'm still reasonably sure the one at game traders is an original game original box mm. just a reproduction manual yep well so you could, i wonder if you could compare it yeah the one at game traders is in better condition than the one i've got here yeah. but yeah, if I if I did buy that one at Game Traders and the other one t- resulted the next day, I wouldn't really be that, that unhappy because the the game's rare enough that three fifty for an original game, even with a reproduction manual, that's not too bad. Mm. It's still a good price. You'll still see cartridges by themselves for days before Christmas sell for about that in US. Wow. So, so it's yeah. is it one of those things though too that's it's it's rare when you look at the whole catalogue overall, but maybe n- obviously not so rare in Australia because this is where it was released. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And that's why they pop up, mm. whereas they won't pop up anywhere else mm. um, as often mm. because they weren't released there. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my mm. one of my pickups. So I've had it for about two weeks sitting in my cupboard waiting to give it to you, and I... Gave it a good play, too, because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I've got this super rare game. I'll have to give it a really decent play. And it's actually pretty good. It's not mm. not a bad game. There's some weird things in it, like in the second level, for example. Okay, so most levels, you have to find the star at the end. So you touch the star and that's ending the game. It's sort of like when you cross on Sonic, when you cross the um, flip the pole and yep. the thing spins around. It's just like that. Um, like many things, if you touch the star, it ends. Mm. Mm. But on level two, there's no star. You just jump off the side of a cliff. <laughs> really? Yep. <laughs> that seems odd. And when I first played it, I was like, what's going on here? Like, Do you jump off the cliff yourself or does the character... You do it yourself. So wow. I, when I first got to the end of that level, I was like, what do I do now? Like, I can't, I can't jump. I can't see something to jump onto there's nowhere else to go so 
what do I do? So I thought maybe it's one of those situations where it's a really long jump and you can't see what you're landing on. So mm. I just ran and jumped as far as I could. And then it was like, congratulations, you've reached the end of the That's level. That's weird. <laughs> you killed Santa. So, but then also someone else, so Matt um, came over, my new friend Matt. <laughs> Your new Kong. friend Matt. Yeah, with one T. Friend um, of the show, Captain Kong. Yeah, he yeah. came over and I showed him because I was like, yeah, I got this game, it's Mark's, and I'm just waiting to give it to him. I should show you since, you know, it's rare, you know. And uh, showed him and he pointed out that the third level is inside a cave and that maybe you're actually jumping down like into the cave. Uh, <laughs> I was right. like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, so the whole game is like you're Santa and you have to collect presents um, and you there's like enemies and you've got this spell that's like a snow spell, like you shoot snow. You sure it's snow? Pretty sure. Okay. You you shoot white stuff. Yep. You shoot yeah. white stuff, uh-huh. and then you can get an upgrade for it, which turns it into what appears to be fire. Oh. Uh-huh. It's yeah. I I can't make a rude joke about that. No. No. If you're shooting fire when you should be shooting white stuff, then you got trouble. Yeah. Yeah. See a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, that was real bottom of the rung. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> That's where I exist. That's where I feel the most comfortable. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, kill the enemies with the snow. It's It plays quite well. Like, the game plays good. Hmm. The animation's really good. Hmm. Um, and it's the music is, like, all Christmas music. Hmm. So that was, it was funny. I put it on and my wife, Brianna, could hear it from the lounge room. And she's like... Why are you listening to a Christmas carol? They're <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'm playing this game. Um, and then the other thing that's weird about this, so it has bosses as well. The first boss is is like a snowman, and that's it's fun. And then the, the weird thing about it is there's, uh, a, I guess you could call it like a power-up. I don't know if you'd call it a power-up. There's cups of coffee in, I think there's one in each level. Hmm. When you collect the cup of coffee, you turn into, like, an evil version of Santa. Okay. <laughs> and you lose your snow power. Um, so the only way you can kill enemies is with by swinging your sack. And right. And you can't collect presents when you're evil Santa. Hmm. Um, but you're invincible, so none of the enemies can hurt you. Right. Hence swinging sack. Yeah. So I yeah. think there's some... Um, more complex elements to it in using that power up maybe when you get further along i actually mm. tried i wanted to try and finish it but i didn't but i i played like through a fair bit of it you sure it's coffee maybe it's like rum or something aren't you meant to leave rum out for santa rum. when he comes down the chimney is it rum maybe or in your family meal can cookies oh okay maybe <laughs> it, it was rum in my family <laughs> what does that say <laughs> it looks like a it looks like a tea cup or like a coffee cup with some kind of brown liquid okay i'm sure although brandy i, I could be remembering wrong but mm. it looks like coffee mm. um yeah okay and that's basically what it is and it's it's pretty good i think mm. it's pretty good i mean it's not like groundbreaking or amazing or anything but mm. i guess Sometimes when you get these really rare games, there's just this automatic assumption that they're terrible. Yeah. And maybe that's part of what makes or tends to make them rare because there's not many because it didn't sell well. That's right. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it's actually 
it's actually not a bad game. Yeah, no, that's cool. And when I saw that you were playing it, I thought, you know, I probably should play it myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of stupid because this is who I am, that I was going to buy this game and add it to my collection and then that's the end of the story, mm. right? Mm. Whereas you buy games and you play them. Yeah. And I thought, you know, if I'm buying a game that's super rare, maybe I should actually play it. Mm. It kind of makes sense. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, well, I think so. I mean, we know what I think about it, but uh, I think part of what's fun too about all this is it's like finding hidden gems and on top of that they're not that expensive either so part mm. of the fun is finding something you know an eight dollar game or something and mm. you're like it's so cheap but then you take it home and it's a whole lot of fun and you can spend hours and hours playing yeah. this thing and it costs you basically nothing you know that for me is part of the excitement of it yeah and bizarrely for the last few days i've been thinking about this for whatever reason again um, but thinking that I'm the sort of collector who buys things and then put them on a shelf. Mm. And, I, and I In take a stack. Yes, in a stack. <laughs> and I take particular enjoyment in in seeing these games, right? Mm. They, they make me happy. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel the need to play them. Mm. Whereas you, you like to play them. Yeah. And what you were just saying there is that, you know, it, it's easy to access these old games because they're cheap. Mm-hmm. And and to me, you know, and the reason why I started thinking about this is because you started playing those Master System games mm. that I sort of said, yeah, they're reasonably shitty. Then mm. I thought, the reason why I didn't play those back in the day was because they would be released as new. Mm. They'd be the same price as the desirable game. Mm. And being a child, you know, reading the reviews you've got a certain amount of money from your parents to buy a game, you're mm-hmm. not going to pick up the shit one. Mm. You're going to get the good one. Yeah. And so, to me, as a child, that's why I didn't play them mm. growing up and why I just think, yeah, they're shit, why would you bother? Mm. Nowadays, these so-called not-great games, mm. you can pick up super cheaply. Yeah. So why wouldn't you get them and just give them a bash? Yeah, and they're so not just cheap but really accessible because... Not many people want them, right? Mm. So mm. There, any retro store you go into, you'll always see these games. And the ones that are popular and were good, which, as you said, back in the day, they might have both been 50 or $60. Mm. And you're like, well, why would I buy a game that's got, you know, 6 out of 10 when I've got this 9 out of 10 game? Same price. Yep. They're both here. Like, yep. they're both accessible. Um, whereas now, the one that was 9 out of 10 is probably, like, $40. Mm. And the one that's 6 out of 10 is... Six dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, and and uh, yeah, going back to the my point, which is that also the forty dollar one is less accessible because people get them and they hold on to them, mm. and you don't see them around as much. Yeah. If you do want it, you can go on eBay and pay even more money for it. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's just the bizarre look into what my mind thinks about. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's interesting. I mean, it's... Yeah, that's what I do too. I always think about stupid things like that. Mm. Uh, good segue. Over to you. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it leads directly into what I was going to talk about, the first topic, which is that I got a master system. So, um, soon after that Parkley market, for some reason, I was looking at master system games and... He had quite a few, but I wasn't as interested at, in them at that stage for some reason. 
Um, and part of what keyed me off with this was I picked up OutRun 3D for Master System, which mm-hmm. I believe is the same as the normal OutRun, but it had the 3D capability. Yeah, I think I so. I, I, I'm not even 100% sure that there's a normal, like, standard OutRun on Master System. I don't think there is, but you can switch it to non-3D. Yeah, so what you do is you just pause it and then you switch it over to yeah. 2D. Um, so I picked that up in Games Traders because I saw it there, and this was when I had to return the Mortal Kombat 3 that didn't work for the Super Nintendo. Uh, that's when I got the OutRun, so it's been sitting in my cupboard for a few weeks. I started thinking more and more about it and watching videos online and um, also wanting to get R-Type. Mm. Uh, and I've seen that That's on... a fantastic game. Yeah. On the Master System. Yeah, seen it on Master System. Um, and, yeah, I just started thinking more about it and I wanted to... I asked Michael, who's the guy that did the Parkley Market, if he had one, but he only had one that was untested and it was pretty rough shape. So I just decided to let it go because he didn't have the cables for it and he couldn't test it. So I just didn't want to really buy something. I didn't know what it was. Mm. Uh, He was willing to do it fairly cheap, but yeah, I thought I'll just wait for the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I was talking to Matt, Captain Kong, who said that he's been doing some mods on Master System. So adding in basically... um, uh, composite or composite um, outputs right? to make it easier so you don't have to use an RF uh, oh, right. plug. Huh. Yeah. And is he building this himself or is it sort of like a mod that you can buy and install? Um, so I think he started out with a really, with a tutorial and learned how to do it and now he's got his own version. I don't think there's much involved in terms of components or I, I mm. didn't actually ask him about it. Mm. But um yeah, he's got his own way of doing it, which is to use a 3.5mm headphone jack for the output. Mm. <clears throat> which really? Is, yeah, yeah, so you can essentially use... I didn't know you could do that. You can buy, go and buy one of those cables that you would buy to play music from your phone to your stereo that's 3.5 into your phone and then out to two RCAs for your stereo for left and right. Yep. But for this, instead of having left and right, you've got mono audio and uh, video. Huh. Yeah, and and <clears throat> it's very easy because it's like a standard plug and you can get it almost anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's purists out there that would say, that's a terrible way of doing it, but it's it's fine. It mm. works. Mm. It's really... And it's really easy. Um, yeah, so I said to him, oh, do you have any that you would be willing to sell? And he's like, yeah, I do. I've got one ready to go, but I don't have any cables for it. Um, but I was like, yeah, well, as long as you know that it works, I, you know, which obviously he did because he had to do the the mod and yep. he has his own gear. He just didn't have, he only had the the control deck or console. <laughs> yep. Is it sacrilege to control call it a deck? control deck when it's I think Sega? they called it a control deck. No, that's they? what that's what Nintendo call it. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah. I just thought the Master System 1 had something like that written on it. Power Base? Powerbase, that's yeah, the one. That's it. What a stupid is, name. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It is is. Powerbase not the add on thingy? No, that's a Powerbase no. converter. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Yep. So, yeah. Um, so, at the same time, found out 
uh, that because I made a post about going to this Parkley Market and he's like, oh, that's really close. And I found out that he literally lives like five minutes away from me. That's bizarre. Yeah. There's a number of bizarre things that have happened to you in the last few weeks. It's been... Finding a days before Christmas, <laughs> finding Matt lives five minutes away from you. Yep. Other Matt. Yep. Yeah. Lots of Matts. There's a few Matts. <laughs> yeah. It was funny because when I thanked him on Twitter, um, I spelt it M-A-T-T uh, for the, like, when I thanked him for the master system. And his wife said, oh, he's special. He spells it with one T. <laughs> And I said, oh, that's good. It'll help me differentiate him from the other eight mats that I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she also said he's got a huge something or other. <laughs> she did. He's <laughs> something like a huge collection or something. But the way she said it, he's got a huge and then dot, dot, dot. And oh, then continue yeah, on with the right. sentence. Yeah. The rest of the sentence was something like a love for anything Japanese. Yeah, something like yeah. that. But yep. yeah, we know he's got a huge. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So So we've learned a lot about Matt with one T. We have. Yeah. Well, he, when he came over to drop off the system, I ended up chatting with him for about two hours. And then we looked at the time and realized it was 9.30 and thought maybe we should have dinner. All right. You had dinner together. And <laughs> no, then, we, didn't, oh, we didn't have right. dinner okay. together. I thought it was moving on to the next stage. <laughs> we, yeah. I mean, we collectively decided that it was time for dinner, but we went our separate ways. Yeah, right. That'll be slowly. The, the next time you guys get together, because maybe it'll be dinner. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was a, it was a slow process because there was like the realization, and then the conversation at the door, and then the conversation on the driveway. Uh, yeah. Yep. And then. Uh huh. Yeah. Then finally got away. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey, it was equal. It was equal. Uh, what do you call it? It was his fault too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just me talking this time. Uh, yeah, but anyway, long story short, I got a master system. Yeah, it's cool. For a mat. Nice. And it's nice and easy, and I don't have to worry about tuning it in. Hmm. And uh, the other funny thing was I am using the power supply that I have for my guitar pedals because <laughs> right. it is 9 volt and the plug size is correct and the polarity is correct and hmm. it's got plenty of amperage because it right. only needs like I think it only needs I'm not sure it's 1 amp I think and hmm. the power supply is like a 3 amp oh nice yeah uh, it was so funny because he brought it over and I was like oh I don't have a power supply because I've got the Mega Drive 2 which the plug size is slightly smaller yeah um, so it's not quite the same and then as we were talking, I realized, hang on a second, I've got another 9-volt adapter, and I think the plug size is about right. Hmm. And I pulled it out, and I'm like, I looked at it, and then I looked at the console, and we checked all the specs were okay. I plugged it in, and I'm like, yep, <laughs> this will work. <laughs> no, that's cool. So, And if you didn't have it, you could have just let me know. I've probably got 20 of them. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're not... It's, it's a pretty common one, I think. I don't think it's yeah. hard to get. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you have a Sega console, like a Mega Drive or a Master System, you don't need to buy the Sega power supply. Mm. You just need to make sure that it's got the right voltage, it's got enough amps or milliamps, mm. the polarity is correct, and that the plug fits. That's all you need. Yeah, I think it was only Nintendo that went the proprietary yep. connection route Yeah, where you needed the actual Nintendo power supplies mm -hmm. for both the NES, Super Nintendo, and all of them, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also if you have guitar pedals, it'll probably work. There you go. 
Hi. Pointing at Matt. I did um, point at Matt. Because he's probably got guitar pedals. Yeah. He probably does. Oh, I don't personally. I've lived in a house that had lots of guitar pedals. Mm. Atari update? Is this better first because we just talked about modding Master System? Yeah. So we're segueing all the way around the table. It's going to break soon. Right. (laughs) So the point of the... Where I'm up to with the AV mod on this strange and very rare and maybe very expensive Atari 2600. That you're bastardizing. Yeah. That you're Swedish chef destroying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Mark's really upset about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I mentioned I had the, the mod more or less works. Works quite good. It looks pretty good, but I'm trying to see if I can improve it. It's not perfect, but... I would have thought honestly, it'd either be working or not working. Is there levels of working? Yeah, because you can get colors that bleed through. You know, there's there's a few things you can get wrong. Okay. Did you um, find out that it was an official console no. product? Not sure. I mean, it, it's all, no one knows. Okay. I think it, <laughs> there's not a lot about it online. And the few things that I've seen, they're not really sure either way. Mm-hmm. Hence, super rare, worth thousands of dollars, right. being bastardized <coughs> and destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, one of the things I've got to decide is what to do with the output because I don't want to drill the case because yeah. it's super rare and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, so I, I could use the headphone jack thingy, mm. but with the one with the extra conductor, the oh, tip, like ring the ring sleeve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, oh, yeah, four connections, I guess yeah. it has, yeah. That's one option. Yeah. But, I mean... Then, but then I'd have to make my own breakout cable because mm. you've got to put SVD on it, and oh. it's not, so it won't be three RCA jacks. Okay. So really, the problem I got is what what plug what socket to put in there, mm. Mm. and I'm finding out that the the cable that I have that I thought I would use is not really at all standard. Mm. And they're all different. Like if mm. so if you get these mini DIN connectors, mm. and you can get them with like four pins, mm. like six pins, eight, nine. Mm. And yeah. they're, they're all different. Everyone's mm. always, everyone who has things that do video out, they're all wired mm. crazy ways. Mm. So I don't know what to do. Yeah. That's, well, I guess you don't have a choice to, you, you have to use something not standard, whether it's at the output point or at like a breakout, some kind of breakout. Yeah. So I do have two breakout cables that would work really well. Mm. But because the even the socket is not very standard, mm. it's a nine-pin mini DIN. But it, the pin arrangement wouldn't even fit sockets that you can buy on like Element Forty, uh. or, you know, Mauser or whatever you're getting them from. Mm. So I don't even know if I can use that breakout cable. I don't know. <laughs> you like work. to get stuck into these con- uh, conundrums. I want it to be really good. I want it to be <laughs> <laughs> really good. good. 
you know, I'm putting, I'm putting the effort in to make this like correct. Mm-hmm. You may as well do it properly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I can see that. Yeah. I don't know enough about this. Leave it to the experts. Yeah. Other than the plug, yeah, I'm mucking around a little bit to try and see if I can improve the signal, mm. and not not knowing much about you know electricity. Mm. It's all guessing, really. You, you just try a thing and see if it's better. That's mm. what I did with my TV last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the worst that could happen? And somehow it actually worked out, I hope. Well, you're, yeah. s- you're still here. You're alive. I'm alive, and the last time I used it, it worked. Mm. I'm half expecting to go home and turn it on and it'd do the same thing again. I feel like it's been doing it more since the weather got colder. Yeah, it's possible. Mm. I wouldn't discount that. Mm. It's like houses, you know, as, as you're going through the different seasons... Certain doors won't close properly, or you know mm. things like that, because the house expands and contracts in the depending whether it's cold or hot. Mm. I'm I'm assuming electronic components do the same. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Anyway, that was a weird aside. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you doing S video? Because I have a monitor that can support it. Ah. it's a little better actually. Doesn't the monitor do RGB? Yeah, but okay, so that is really difficult to do a mod for. Ah. So the 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 video chip in the Atari basically outputs something pretty much as video. Like you, you get the well you get the chroma signal and the luma signal separate and a sync thingy. So all you're really doing in the S video mod is putting the sync signal with the chroma and leave the luma separate. Mm. And if mm. you're doing composite you just put them all together. Mm. But RGB, you're not getting the separate color components out of the video chip. Right. Yeah. So you've got to do some crazy things to make that happen. So all I know about that, you can get the sync signal in a separate cable or you can do sync on green. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Right. So you're talking about component no. RGB. No. Ah, okay. Right. So component is not... Yeah, I mean, you may get the color RCA thingies mm. in red, green, and blue, but it's, you know, it's... Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't even know. I think that's what I'm thinking of. He was saying, yeah, that's what what it was, that component wasn't actually RGB. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, Mm. right. Yep. This has always confused me, and and this conversation isn't helping. And so so SCART (laughs) is like the best way to do it, and then your actual RGB, like VGA plug, Mm. is similar but not as good. Oh? But maybe that's getting... Yeah, apparently. I mean, we could be talking... I'm. This is probably like elite levels of like, <laughs> I'm so particular about my picture, throw away your reprojectiontv.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you'd probably be like, why are you using that shit? But anyway. Yeah, Global mm. Garage, you should check it out. Okay. Mm. I'm just so glad we live in a world of HDMI now. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. You just have this one plug... And you plug it in. Mm-hmm. If you need a cable, you can go anywhere, buy a HDMI cable, mm-hmm. plug it in. You don't have to worry about these. I mean, it's sort of what's Blue, did. red, green, chroma. It's basically what's got Luma. Did. We just didn't have it over here. Yeah, that's true. That is true. For analog does your, um The PVM you got, does that have SCART no. inputs? No. Hmm. That's a shame. Well, I mean, does it, yeah. it just means you can't plug it straight in. You'd have to have an adapter. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Over to me. 
Um, speaking of game traders, a little while ago, mm-hmm. uh, the other week I went into my local game traders again, thought I'd check out what Mega Drive games they got there, because now and again they get some new Mega Drive games in. Mm-hmm. It had been a while since I'd seen some new ones. And unfortunately for my wallet, they had a <laughs> shelf and a half of new Mega Drive games. Yeah. And I sort of... It's interesting because I go in there conflicted. I, I think, oh, I'd really love to see some new Mega Drive games. Mm. And then I think, I don't have the money to be spending on new <laughs> Mega Drive games. So yeah, I walked in there and they had all these new ones in there. Um, uh, and sort of half excited and then half sad because now I have to spend money. Uh, and then the shop guy comes up and he says, oh, by the way, it's 30% off all pre-owned games. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a pretty significant discount. It is, game. exactly, and that makes it even worse because mm. then you think, well, now I have to buy these games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know exactly that thought process. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, my wife Fiona was behind me. and Did she hear the 30% off? She did. She did, did. she facepalm when she heard that? No, I don't think she was aware of my current budget situation. Ah, oh, okay. So she well didn't hidden. know that I didn't have any money. Well played, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> so I just played it off like, you know, there's nothing unusual here. <laughs> um, yeah, but the I... The electricity I, bill can wait a few <laughs> <days>. <laughs> But I did constrain myself. I didn't buy an arseload of Mega Drive games. I just bought five, mm-hmm. which is still a lot, but... You know, it could have been worse. It, it depends a lot on how much they are, though, because yeah. you can buy five games that are and spend, you know, thirty dollars, mm. or you can buy five games and spend two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I got Eternal Champions, which is you know another Street Fighter ripoff. Basically, mm-hmm. it's not a great game. It's not a terrible game. Mm-hmm. It's basically Sega's attempt at a fighting game, and mm-hmm. eh, it's you know it was there, it was cheap. Did all the games you bought uh, come with manuals or most? Do you have when you're there? Do you have the ability to check whether they come with manuals? Yeah, I can just go up to the counter and ask. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, there was only one that didn't come with a manual, and that was I think it was Eternal Champions. So was that? Um, is that one like Mortal Kombat where they have the, what do you call it when they've recorded, you know, they obviously had real actors. No, it's not that. Okay. No, it's not digitized. Right. Yeah, it's not, it's not that. Okay. Uh, Ren and Stimpy, Stimpy's Invention, which is kind of an okay platformer based on Ren and Stimpy mm-hmm. cartoon. Mm-hmm. X-Men, which I seem to recall was a pretty good platformer slash beat up Yep. Um, yeah, I seem to recall that was an okay game. It's it's a game that I've noticed is it calls for a little bit more than your average in terms of price, mm. um, but it's not super expensive. Mm, mm. But I don't know if that's just because it's X Men, which it could be adds to the popularity. Yeah, and yeah, I think it is a it's a reasonably good game from memory. Mm. Uh, Strider, which was on my list of games to get, because um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, even though there's one quadrillion striders out there mm. I hadn't picked it up for whatever reason <laughs> that's a great game on the Mega Drive that's a really faithful arcade port mm. the and Master System version seems to suffer a lot from slowdown yeah and probably flickering as well mm-hmm. yeah actually I think the Mega Drive version suffers from slowdown and flickering as well 
but otherwise it's a pretty faithful port. It's it's a good game. Mm-hmm. And Mortal Kombat 2, so I have a Mortal Kombat 2 on Mega Drive, but it's the Platinum version, which is kind of the right. budget re-release. Yeah. Um, so I've always wanted an original Mortal Kombat 2, mm-hmm. and seeing as there was one sitting there for a reasonably good price with 30% off, why not? Cool. So yeah, walked home happy with five extra Mega Drive games. Awesome. <laughs> I actually um, been looking at Mortal Kombat 2 and there's a version of Mortal Kombat on PS2 uh, which has, I think if you go into the options or extras or something, you can load up the arcade version of Mortal Kombat 2 and play it on your PS2. Hmm. And I have to have a look at which version it is to get it just so I can play like specifically the arcade version. Yeah. Because it's obviously better than yeah, the, yeah. the ports. But um hmm. yeah, I was looking at that a while ago. Anyway, um yeah, so to the games that I've been playing, obviously um some Master System games. Um so I actually went in to check out the Gamesmen shop. Gamesmen. Gamesmen. Uh, yeah. It's called Gamesmen, and it's been around for ages. And Where is that? It's in Penthurst. Has there been other ones, or has there only been that one? I, th- I thought there was more in the past. I mean, mm. I remember there being more shops when I was a kid, but mm. I could be wrong. I, I thought it was just one, because I, I remember being, you know, the brat kid, making my mum drive us all the way across the city <laughs> to this one shop. You the only place it. it was. You yeah. bastard. I'd never do anything like that when I was a kid. Never. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the way you're saying that makes me think that you might have done that a lot. Oh, I was an arsehole kid. <laughs> I don't know how my parents managed to stand me. <laughs> well, you were their son. They well, had I no choice. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> Some could say I haven't changed. Yeah, so it's because mm. not near where I lived. Yeah. And mm. I okay. Boss. Yeah, I remember... A lot of people would always talk about Gamesman, 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 like this mm. awesome gaming store, mm. but I'd never been to one, and wow. I still haven't been to one, and assuming there's only one, mm. so, yeah. Anyway, right. you went to Gamesman. Yeah, so I took, I actually took a bunch of pictures because it was a really cool store, and it felt like going back in time, because there's not game shops like that anymore. Hmm. Um, I haven't been to one. <laughs> They're all like super cramped, like all the games traders ones are, and yep. you know, or EB games when you feel like they're probably robbing you, like when you're just standing in the store or something. <laughs> like that. Um, but Gamesman is like, you know, it's it reminds me of Games Wizards too, I guess. Uh, you know, yeah. back in the day when yep. they, I love that store, they had bigger shops yeah. with more mm, space, mm. and they had. Lots, I've still like, got a members card for Games Wizards. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So. They had heaps of stuff. They had board games too, which I don't know if that's something they always carried, but they have that. They had big sections for each of the main platforms, so PS4 and Xbox and um, the Nintendo. And uh, they also had, like, big screens with, like, some live streams playing at the time. And I actually just stood there and was watching someone play God of War because mm. that was just released and with commentary because it was a live stream. Yeah, right. Um and I was like, this is awesome because this feels like pe- these guys actually care about games, you know. Well, they're the gamesmen, you know. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're the men of games. And then they also have the retro section and the museum, or they call it the museum. 
and it's kind of split in half and half of it is for sale and half of it is not and so i guess uh i don't know who the owners are but they they i suppose they just keep the collection there in the museum Hmm. there's a bunch of stuff there that's not for sale so yeah pretty cool to look at and there was yeah, I'll, I'll have to put it up on, on the Game and System forum. Yeah, so please, can, I'd be keen to see it. Yeah, I took heaps of photos. Um, and some of their prices were a bit... were pretty pretty pri- pretty high. Hmm. Um, and But I think that might just be because they're out of date, maybe. Um, and I guess, you know, it is a retail store. Yeah. So, th- th- of course, it's going to be more, but... Yeah, there were some that were probably more than what you'd find in games traders as well. Hmm. It's sometimes a bit of potluck, you know, because it, I, I can imagine it'd be hard to keep all those prices up to date when you have so much stock. And obviously the the retro stuff is just one part of their business. You know, they've got all the other stuff too. Oh, and they also had, in the middle of the floor, they had like this whole section with a bunch of flight sim stuff. So if hmm. you're into flight sims, they've got everything there for that. Yeah, right. They had all the pedals and all the different things, like the controllers that actually look like they've come straight out of a plane hmm. that like latch onto your thing and they've got all these buttons. And yeah. I'd love to. I really want to get some pedals because I want to do helicopters. But anyway, that's All nice. right. Yeah, so I went there. Um, I only bought one game, which was a GameCube game, X-Men Legends, which I'm yet to play because I don't have a GameCube. <laughs> I'm also I'm just, uh, Sans a uh, GameCube box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have cough, I, cough. I have begun to create a label for River Aid TE though. Right. So perhaps when I produce the label, yeah, the GameCube will also. There's be probably produced. a bit of a two-way street here, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yep. Um, so yeah, but eventually when I get a GameCube, I'll uh, be able to play that. And the other games that I have. <laughs> um, yeah, so I picked that up because it was pretty good. It was like $15. And I got home. And then when I got home, I saw a post on Twitter about how they've just added all these Master System games to their online catalog. Huh. <laughs> and I looked at it and they were, well, I thought they were well priced. And I didn't see them in the store. So I don't know if they were called, like cataloging them out the back or something but hmm. i was just like ah, i was just there i would have bought them if i'd known <laughs> so i ended up doing an online order and i got um a bunch of games i got ah oh, what did i get i should have written this down so I you could should remember. have you should have been prepared <laughs> i didn't prepare for this um <laughs> i got r-type i got ghost house oh yeah i remember that game yep i got world grand prix Prix. Preaks. Preaks. <laughs> World Grand Prix. <laughs> I think it's because I, I did a post about it and I was writing it and I was just thinking right, of it as so it was. You, so you're vocalizing it as it reads. Yeah, I tend to Preaks. do that to help me remember how to spell things. Hmm. Um, and what was the other one? There's one more. Ah, Lord of the Sword. Hmm. I think that's it. Yeah, so th- those are the games that I got. Our type's very good. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, so that's the first one I played naturally because I've been wanting that game for a fair amount of time and that mm. was probably as expensive as the other three games combined. <laughs> yep. I don't think it's a particularly uh, easy game to come across. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it around a lot. I have seen it, mm. um, but it's 
not generally very cheap. And mm. I think their price was pretty reasonable. How much so, did you pay for it, if you don't mind me uh, asking? I actually don't remember. I don't mind you asking. I'd have to look at the receipt. I think it was $28. That's pretty good. Yeah, which I think is pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, and did it have the manual with it? Yes, complete. Oh, nice. So nice. I'm pretty much not buying games that aren't complete now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've done a full 360 on 360, 180. 360 would mean yeah, I'd be back to start it. Full 180. And there's a lot of people out there that are happy with, with carts. And I guess it depends, again, what you want to do with it. And as you said, I like to play the games. But also, the whole package, I think, is part of the the experience and it actually shows in one of the games that i bought because the manual is a big part of the game and i think that this is true historically for a lot of games back you know in the early pc days Hmm. um so with lord of the sword this is an adventure game and i actually called it open world in on twitter i don't know if that's really correct it's it's you can go anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there is like a, an order that you have to do things in to progress. So I guess you could say that in that way it is linear because you do need to do things in a certain order. Um, so if you want to finish the game, you have to follow the path that you're supposed to follow. Right. But you can go anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. And there's towns um, in the game. And so it's, it's, a, it's like a platform, like a 2D scrolling adventure platformer um you have a sword and a bow and there's enemies like in the forest and stuff and so it's about kind of reaching the next town because you can you can heal yourself in the next town so Mm. there's no lives you only have one life you have a health bar and um you can take a fair amount of hits before you die but is there equipment involved and upgrading equipment upgrading levels uh, there's no levels. There okay. is, you can upgrade your weapons, I believe. I haven't got that far yet, but mm. the only reason I know you can upgrade your weapons is because I read the manual. <laughs> ah. So this is what I did when I decided to play this game. I put it in and loaded it up, um, and it took a few goes because, you know, it's an old game. Mm. I had to clean it with alcohol. Right. Um, but yeah, it works fine. Um, so then the game was like scrolling through once I knew it was working. I pulled out the manual and started reading it. And I kind of, um, as I said on the forum, I first did this just to have a look at the manual and see what kind of condition it was in and check it out. And then I ended up just, I kept reading it because I realized that the game had so much more in it than I expected. Hmm. You know, I expected it to be kind of like, you know, an Alex kid or something where it's a platformer with, with an attack you know, um, mm-hmm. but it turns out that it's got a story, and you can go whichever way you want. You kind of have to find the right path through the game. Mm. Um, it gives you three tasks to complete. So the whole thing is like there's these three tasks that if anyone completes them, they'll become the king because it's like Sword in the Stone, the king died. And mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> so you got to complete these three tasks and um yeah in the manual it says there are some weapon upgrades which i don't know how you get them but there might be some clues there hmm. and there's also a <clears throat> um a map and it shows you where all the towns are 
um, and it shows you the names of all the places because you need to know them because you talk to people in town and they tell you where to go. Yeah. Um, so which, it's interesting because you can press the pause button and it shows you a map, but the map in the game doesn't have the names of the places. Yeah. Which is really weird because it makes it sort of useless. <laughs> hmm. Like you can get a rough idea of where you are, but um, you kind of need to know what the places are called to know where you're going. Yep. And so this is why the manual is kind of part of the game. Like the manual has all the clues yep. telling you what to do. And then the rest is by talking to the townspeople hmm. to try and figure out, you know, you really need it. Yep. Uh, and interestingly, I watched a review of a guy playing it, and he was—he really didn't like it. And but he didn't have the manual. He—he he just had the loose cart. Hmm. And he was like, "Oh, yeah, the map's really not very good. You know, it's possible that there's a map in the manual, but probably not. You know, he just <laughs> assumed because of other shortcomings of the game that yep. they just didn't bother. Yep. But the yep. manual's actually really good, and it's got hmm. heaps of information. Um, so. Yeah, it's probably a better game, I think, than he gave it credit hmm. because he didn't have the manual. Yeah. So I've been enjoying it so far. Some of the combat's a bit cheap. Um, like when you're scrolling, you have to get like about 70% of the way through the screen before it starts to scroll, which means that if there's an enemy that jumps forward, you have not much time to react to that. Right. So you either need to know it's coming or you'll get hit, basically. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, hmm. but yeah, I've been enjoying it. Cool. Hmm. I don't know if there's anything else to say about it. You guys obviously don't know the game. No, I've never played it. Hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's something that I think probably was given average scores back in the day. Hmm. Um, but you know, I paid. I think this one was like fifteen dollars. It wasn't super cheap, but still, fifteen dollars is not that much. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I watched. I found a playthrough. I haven't watched the whole thing, but two hours to finish it. All right. It's a fairly long mm. game for that era. Yep. Should we pass it on? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hasn't been much progress, really. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure what we talked about last time, but I think I had the first revision of the board. Yeah. And I mucked up. You broke something. The socket. And it wouldn't fit in the cartridge. Yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. So, um, I got a new socket, and then at the same time figured out. Before I put it on, no, I did put it on. I think I did put it on as well. Uh, anyway, I figured out that the it's all wired wrong. <laughs> that I actually put the nice. edge connector on upside down, so when I had it side by side with the boxing cartridge, I could see that the pins were backwards. Hmm. So it's uh, it's totally unusable. <laughs> so nice. I still don't know if the game works. <laughs> all right, I'm glad we're traveling through this journey together. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to Eagle. 
updated the design by flipping, just turning the part over, putting it on the other side, and I can rewire it exactly the way I had, but just all the wires on the other side of the board. Mm-hmm. And sent that off to Osh Park, and that takes a couple of weeks. Mm. Right. So actually, it should be here pretty soon. Okay. Um, Exciting. Yeah. I'm excited to see the finished cartridge. I definitely am. You're going to need some more cartridge cases. <laughs> uh, I mean, I only need the one for myself, and everybody else can... Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying that you'll... Maybe you can sell, like, a, a kit, like, sans cartridge. Or sans... Uh, what do you call it? Chassis? Naked. So they what, get... just the PCB? They get the PCB and they get a label. <laughs> <laughs> That's cruel. <laughs> it's like a choose which game, which game in your collection to butcher. That's, that's encouraging butchering, though. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> it's a bit of funny thing too, because you, if you only have the bare board without a cartridge, I think if you have the older Ataris, the the dust cover doesn't open because you're not pressing the ah uh, yeah things in. Yep, yep. Yeah, so you need. I think the juniors don't have it, so you're okay with... Hmm. You need, yeah. If you've only got the board, which is probably what I'm going to end up doing at first anyway, mm-hmm. or any, any anyone who doesn't have a cartridge housing, mm-hmm. just with the board, try to plug in. Hmm. You're <laughs> taking your Atari apart, or you need to have a junior. Or maybe <laughs> you need to start exploring ways to reproduce a cartridge. No. <laughs> <laughs> you said that I've so got, confidently. I've got my cartridge... <laughs> where are you so, getting your So it's going to be Matt's River Raid Tournament Edition where <laughs> it's just a tournament for you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you're the winner. You're the, you're the champion. Yeah, undefeated. By default. Yeah, he's obviously not the entre- entrepreneurial type. <laughs> <laughs> he truly is the... Uh, what is it? What was that guy's name? Steve Wozniak of River Raid. How? How does that work? He's like the brains behind uh, technology right. involved, yeah, but not a salesman, right? Or, yep. s- or someone that wants to make money, yeah. mm. just make something that he'll enjoy himself. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's going on my shelf, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll die, and then there's <laughs> just this one cartridge out there in the world, and it will become the most rare Atari <laughs> game out there, no. worth millions of dollars. No. <laughs> People make ROM hacks all the time, but not reproducing a cartridge and a label. And well, maybe they like do. The, the legit ones you can just go to Atari Age and buy it. Right? Has anyone made like what kind of ROM hacks are out there for River Raid? Do you know? Well, I know of the two that are in this this Atari console I've got. Ah. Oh. So, but are one, they, do they change the game though? Or one they one yes one of them they did change his game. It's mm. called Bermuda. Oh. And um, there's no sides to the river, so you can fly all over. Mm. And they changed basically all the sprites. Ah. But it's, it's otherwise, it's the same game. Mm. Hmm. So you're not actually, the only one. Uh, there's a problem with it, actually. The, I think the missiles travel faster and the sprites are small. The, like some of the enemies are smaller. Mm. And so sometimes it goes all the way through them without hitting them. <laughs> huh. You only need that one, like small design change that makes a game that more that much more fun mm. which is what you know happened with player unknown's battlegrounds just that that one rule of adding yeah, in that one mechanic the closing circle mm. took a game to that next level mm. 
And that's all you need. Hmm. You could have you could have it. <laughs> you could be the next PUBG. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. R R T E R T. Yep. Anyway, battlegrounds. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I will know next time whether it works. Hmm. But maybe not. Mm-hmm. I'm on the edge of my Only seat. Only time will tell. <laughs> Indeed. Me again? Mm. It'd be awesome if they did a, uh, a comp on that. Mm. Yes. We need to nudge some people mm. in the direction. Mm. Mm. No. Maybe these people will be willing <laughs> to create a cartridge. <laughs> Perhaps. Or, or can somehow help us. Mm. Or if it, I mean, I'd bring mine. Mm. There only needs to be people one. People are going to want it. No. I'm telling you. Yeah, people are going to want they it. Just will. download the ROM. It's okay. <laughs> Doesn't it? Does I'm assuming Atari 2600 has one of those cartridges where you just chuck in all the files and you can play all of them. Ah, yeah. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but I think there is one. Right. So that's probably how most people will experience this. Game. Harmony. I think it's Harmony. Is what they call it. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Harmony Cart or you know Harmony Two Plus Plus mm-hmm. whatever they're up to. I don't know. Ultimate. Um. Yeah. Something hmm. like that. Right. How many Good. is the word, I believe? Okay. <laughs> My last update is I uh, went to the Z-Ball Pinball League on Tuesday night, last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the first Z-Ball of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, they've changed the format now to sort of like a, well, it's not sort of like, it is a two-strikes knockout competition. Mm-hmm. I got knocked out straight away. <laughs> Matt, you got knocked out straight away. Yes, we're awesome pinballers. <laughs> uh, but the night was fun. It was it was full of beer and mm-hmm. gaming and chatting and yeah, it was great. I mean, I don't have any anything specific to say about it. But Zball's back. Uh, if you want to get involved, go to zball.com.au. Check out where it's happening around Sydney because it moves from pub to pub. Mm-hmm. Or also just check out Game the Systems forums. We've got. Uh, a thread there about the local pinball tournaments in mm-hmm. Sydney and we talk about Z-Ball Pinball League there so yeah mm-hmm. did you have anything you wanted to mention about Z-Ball Pinball League Matt? Um, no that um, Matt Venables won oh yeah <laughs> I mean, we should probably mention who won yeah. Matt Venables won yeah, yeah. <laughs> with no strikes surprise yeah. <laughs> <And laughs> breezed all the way through not only is he probably the best player but also playing in his hometown mm, pub uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. game place thing mm-hmm. he knows those games intimately yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he had no strikes I think he had close calls on a couple of games but then just had a really great last ball mm. <laughs> yeah and you only, you only need one yeah. so he's creating false hope <laughs> I saw Roger played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays in all of them now, which is pretty That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, now he's not busy with running it. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. Over to you, John. All right. I think I might talk about. I got a bunch more Master System games, but I think I'll talk about uh, Road Rash because I'd like you to talk about Road Rash. It's one of my favorite games. Yeah. I throughout the last two weeks, I just had. A feeling to play it and I've Mega got Drive? It, yeah, I've got mm-hmm. it on Mega Drive, the first Road Rash. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I want to try and finish it because I've never finished it before. Mm. Um, and so I wanted to have a really good go at it. 
and the uh, game gets uh, better as you go on. Because yeah, well, what happens is uh, in the early stages, the, the tracks are actually quite short. Mm. So it, it sort of ends really quickly. Mm. Whereas as you go on, the tracks get longer and longer and longer. Mm. The AI gets harder. Mm. And you get to... You, you get to... This is kind of a weird thing to say. Exist in the world for longer. Mm. So you you kind of take it in more. Mm. And the music's great. Mm. So you have these sections where you're in the lead and you're tearing down, you know, this straight road for, for 30 seconds or something. And it just feels really, really good. Yep. Whereas at the beginning of the game, you don't really get that, mm-hmm. that part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, yeah, I love the music. I think there's five different tracks. Something uh, as like in that. songs. Yeah. Um, and I think there's three that are excellent and maybe the other two are not as good. But, mm. yeah, I really enjoy that music. And yeah. it's kind of funny because you can switch it off. And I've had experiences with people who have played that game who do switch it off because I believe when you do, I'm not sure if this is specific to certain versions i don't know if it was in number one because i didn't do it because i like the music but if you turn it off you get all the bike sounds yeah yeah that's true um but i just like the music so i yeah left it on the uh, music's done by rob hubbard right which is he's a pretty famous uh commodore 64 musician he's mm-hmm. done a lot of really amazing music tracks mm-hmm. throughout his career mm-hmm. and not many people know that rob hubbard did the tracks for Road Rash. Right. Yeah. It's interesting how if you listen to it, you can see that there's a lot of uh, sounds, electronic sounds that are designed to emulate real instruments. Mm. But then there's other things in there that are totally unique to electronic um, yeah. sound chips. That's, that's Rob Hubbard. Yeah. 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 And I think it, it makes me think that I wonder if Sega put out some kind of manual or something to music composers when they were writing for the console, or not just Sega, I suppose any console hardware manufacturers might do it. But like, here's how these are the sounds that you can use to sound like this is a kick drum sound and this is a snare drum sound and hmm. this is how you make a sound like a guitar or hmm. something like that. Do you think that's something hmm. that would have happened or? It's um so the chip that's in it is a synthesizer that was used in a lot of keyboards. Ah, okay. So that that idea, well, the 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 keyboards themselves would have had specific the, the same instructions, sounds. yeah, yeah, or mm. the, you know, or that's what they're already familiar with. Yeah, mm. right. Yeah, so they would have already known what they were. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it's interesting to listen to now. Um, but yeah, the game is. Starts off pretty easy and then gets harder as you go, obviously. But what I found was that the the difficulty really comes from... So I haven't finished it, but I'm up to level five, Mm -hmm. which I believe is the last level. I think that is the last level. Yeah. And (coughs) it's easier because I don't have to get first place. But, um, yeah, I can just get... I think you only have to get fourth place to qualify. Yeah, I think it's something like that, yeah. Uh, I think they changed that later, but so the difficulty ramps up in terms of the way that the track, um, the turns. So you're going faster, which obviously makes it harder. But and you're going faster because you've upgraded your bike, right? Yeah. But 
the you get a lot more S turns mm. and very tight turns. And I found that when you're going like at full speed, it feels like the the road in front of you is just snaking all over the place mm. and you don't really have time to react. Yep. Um, you actually have to use the brake button. Well, is there a brake button? Yeah. Okay. I'm a. sure there's a brake button. It's A, I think, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just, I basically, I haven't been braking. I've just been not accelerating, which does slow you down a lot. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, when I go around corners, most corners, I would just not accelerate. Hmm. And once I started doing that, I was having a lot more success. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, and you've got to watch out for the, the dirt patches and oil. Yeah. Yeah, because they're kind of deceptive because it's not just a matter of if you hit them when you're turning, you slide out. Mm. After you've hit them, there's a certain amount of time where your tyres are going to be slippery. Yeah, you have less traction. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool that they had that mechanic in there for a game that is so old, I guess mm. you could say. Mm-hmm. The hard thing about the tracks, I thought, was always the hills. Yeah, yeah you can't going see what's over coming. the top of a hill and mm. there's going to be a car yeah. coming right at yeah. you, yeah. but you don't know that. One of the great things about the game is that when you hit a car that's coming towards you, the rider will usually it let out a different sound or mm. they've set it so that the sound is like, it sounds like you've been really been yeah. hit by a car. It's like, yeah. ah! <laughs> It's hilarious. And it's just like, oh, and because every time... You know, you're trying to avoid the car, um, and a lot of the times it's in a situation like that where you've gone over a hill, and you can't see that it's coming, and mm. I'm just like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, There's so many great moments you can have in that game. Yeah. Like, um, I always loved looking in the review and watching. Oh yeah, this uh, the whole field getting wiped out. <laughs> yeah, so cool. Like someone's coming up beside you, and you you see a car coming, so you bump them into the car. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, obviously you can't see anything in front of you or what's happening behind you, but you look in the rear vision mirror and you see just this guy flying up into the air <laughs> over the top of this car and <laughs> it's just so much fun. Yeah. yeah. And and other times where you, you might be travelling at top speed and then you hit something and so your dude flies off your bike and you're rolling and then you hit something else and he bounces again mm. and travels even further mm. and then hits something else again and mm. then again and then a car comes over the hill and then runs over mm. you while you're rolling along. It's it's so fun. Mm. Also, cows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, cows. I did hit a cow and it's, it's got a specific sound. Yeah, yeah that one, yeah. <laughs> and it's literally just like, oh, yeah, I imagine that's what it would sound like. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just this real guttural, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was one situation like what you just described where I was actually really pissed off and frustrated because I was trying to win the race. I hit something and you know, on those curves where they have the arrow signs that are mm-hmm. telling you that the curve is going whichever direction. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be flying at such an angle that I hit like four of those signs yeah. as I was going and he <laughs> lets out the little yelp like ur, 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 yeah. ur, and it's just, just like ah oh, give me a break <laughs> just stop rolling <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's got a lot of fun things like that but then something funny about the rear view mirrors and I'm sure you guys are aware of this but when you fall off your bike your rear view mirrors uh, are still there from the point of view yeah. of where the character is yeah. so you're 
running like back to your bike if you're if you got thrown in front which is mostly what happens you're running back to your bike and you can see your bike yep. in the rear view mirrors which are supposedly I never even thought of that being on the weird, bike but <laughs> now that you mention it that is funny so what he should really have is like on his helmet like these two telescope like <laughs> rear view mirrors <laughs> uh walking around like a moose head you know that's what i imagined but yeah and it's funny when you're running back to your bike and then another rider just runs over you and creams you and yeah. then you have to get back up again and well i learned to i don't run on the road so if i need to, if my bike's on the other side of the road I'll run, like, I just let the auto run thing happen. Hmm. And then if I'm about to go on the road, um, I'll press the, the button to control the rider and just run straight across uh, and then yeah. keep running back. Yep. Yep. So I try not to go on the road if I can avoid it. And that then that doesn't really happen. And you can get situations where you're just about to pick up your bike and then a car comes and hits the bike and knocks it even further <laughs> away from you, so you have to run after yeah, it Yeah, that's the worst. And there's even situations where if you get knocked off your bike just before the finish line, it's actually faster to just run yeah. through the finish line oh. instead of going back for your bike. Yeah. I never thought of that. I yeah. did have one where I got really close to the end and I had to run back to my bike. I didn't realise how close I was, though, mm. and then got back on and then drove, and I was like, wow, I was really close. <laughs> and I have had the ones where I've gotten hit and then flew over the finish line yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh it's so funny it's such a great game and i I don't know i I looked at a history of the game Uh, there was a video on youtube i'm not sure if i was prepared i could have told you who who'd done it but um it's got a really interesting history because it was very uh outside of the norm i guess at the time there wasn't much like it Mm. um yeah, apparently came from... There was a guy, the guy who developed it. Apparently the idea came from... He was really into bikes and in MotoGP, apparently sometimes the riders will actually kick each other and nudge each other when mm. they're close, which to me, I find that really hard to believe because it's so dangerous and yeah. you, you really are kind of trusting each other not to do that because mm. if you fall off your bike, like you could do some serious damage Hmm. and on top of that like that's their career so can you imagine how angry you would be at someone if they nudged you and it caused you to crash Hmm. you know Hmm. and i think it's not like we're talking about road rash style like actually literally like kicking the guy trying to get him off i think just when you're both going around a corner close to each other sure yeah yeah um so probably not quite that serious but i find it hard to believe that they would do anything to jeopardize the the traction of the turn mm. um so yeah but uh yeah really interesting game what else can i say there was there's so many other things it's kind of cool the the ai can change depending what you're doing in the game oh, as well yeah so yeah. like for instance there's uh natasha mm-hmm. and she sort of becomes your friend during mm-hmm. the game mm-hmm. but if you start beating her up she starts beating you up and it kind of changes the story. Yeah. Right. So I was wondering about that. I, I always had that belief that that was the case, but I wasn't sure if it was true that that really happened mm. because they kind of give you all the little tidbits of the story of the characters. Mm. And I think even if you have the manual, which for this one, unfortunately, I don't, there is a story for each character. Mm. Um, and particular characters, 
some will be really aggressive towards yeah. you and some won't. Yep. And so I wasn't sure if that changed throughout. But she does say to you like, oh, don't don't attack me or I'll, you know, Yeah, don't mess with me and... Yeah. yeah. Yep. But then the other thing I noticed which is interesting about that character is the game sort of implies that she becomes like in a relationship with you at the yeah, end. Yeah, the love interest. Yeah. Mm. Because it's each time you go up a level, there's a little animation of you pulling up next to her and at first it's like you're shaking hands and then she's like grabbing you and then I think when you finish the game she actually like kisses the character. I think it's a bit more interesting than that, but I'll oh, let you okay. experience that yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's that and then there's another one, another character called something starting with I. It's like a Japanese name. If I was prepared I could say what it was again. <laughs> I need to prepare more for this. <laughs> nah, come on. We're not professionals here. Yeah. Um, and he's like, he keeps saying things like, oh, you know, you don't need to bash everyone. And he also says, um, if you're fast, you don't need to um, fight, you know, and stuff mm. like that. And mm. he never attacks you. Like I noticed he never attacks you. Mm. And so I just tried not to. It, it actually really drew me in. Like it, I felt it like, does, yeah. oh, no, I can't hit him because he's nice. You yeah. Know? You have to make sure you're <laughs> checking the name as you're coming up to a group yeah. of riders to make sure you're not hitting the wrong person. Yeah. And then you accidentally hit the wrong person. You're like, oh, fuck. Now I have to just like throw the game <laughs> and start again because you don't want to have that to affect the AI. Yeah. And yeah, it's cool. And there's a guy called Hogtide, I think. Something like that. And yeah. um, he always attacks you. Like, yeah. And so there he is. Smash him. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the police. We haven't mentioned that there's police in yeah. the game and they chase you and if you happen to be off your bike when they're around, then they arrest you and that's your game over. Yep. Not the game over, but race over. Yeah. But it can cause a game over because if you have no money and you can't pay your like bail, then it is game over. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so the way I played it too um, was you you... So in the game, there's five races and then... It's the same five tracks for each of the levels, but they get longer, as you yeah. said. Yep. And you have to qualify on each track to progress to the next level. And each time you go up, um, you can earn more money from winning, like the races are worth more. Um, but then obviously all your competitors are faster and more aggressive. And there's more cars on the road, I believe. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so you'd sort of often just farm, so you wouldn't finish the last right. track. You just stay on whatever track, whichever one you find easiest, mm. and just keep going first, 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 yeah. first, just to build up more cash to buy better bikes. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. So this is what I did. I went to finish the first level, built up a bit of cash. Well, I hadn't complete. I'd, so I had one track left. I hadn't qualified. Built up a bit of cash, bought a bike that I think was about 6000 that was kind of like middle to low level and then went to second level and then just stayed on second level until I could afford the most expensive bike. Mm. <laughs> and once I had that, I was so much faster than everyone else. Yeah. But it did, it was easier, but it was also, I was also crashing a lot more. Yeah, cause because you're going so much faster. Yeah. Yeah. So... Is that the Ninja? Is that the last bike? Uh, it's Diablo. I know. Oh, it's, Diablo, that's the it's one. It's like dark blue. Yeah. I think it is called Diablo, yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, it's pretty fast. And it, the handling's good, but the bike's heavier and obviously you're going faster. Yep. Um, and that's when you have to start... Slowing down. Yeah, <laughs> deliberately. Like, pretty much every turn, 
I mean, I wasn't using the brake because I thought I remembered it. This might be from Road Rash Three that it was a nitro button. That's two. Is it? Yep. There's nitro in two. Okay. Yeah. So is a nitro in two? Yeah. So you can buy nitro bikes. So is there no brake? No, there's two. No, there's brake to activate nitro. You double press the accelerator. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Okay. And then it yeah, goes. Yeah. Boo- Right. That's my interpretation of yeah. a turbo sound. <laughs> See, that makes so a lot more sense. Win. For some reason, I thought the A button was nitro, and so I just didn't even try it. Right. But like, letting go of the accelerator seemed to work fine. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Great game. Yeah. Love it. So I'm looking forward to finishing that, and then hopefully I want to get the whole set. So Road Rash 2 and 3. Um, and then I found out that the Road Rash version that I love which I think is the best Road Rash, was first developed for 3DO on CD, and then it went to Saturn and PlayStation 1. And it's Isn't that the one that uh, Road Rash 3 on Mega Drive is based on as well? No. So Road Rash 3 came after. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I thought it was based on the 3DO version. Oh, possibly. They're, they're quite different. They the, are, the graphics, yeah. what they, they took the sprites, whatever, mm-hmm. and kind of converted the mobile. Oh, right. But it's more of a... Yeah, you're right. So it's more of a traditional road digitized. Rash, but mm. similar graphics mm. style. It, mo- it plays it? more like, you know, to... Yeah. It plays a bit different, mm. but yeah, but the look is more like... And mm. it doesn't have Rob Hubbard music in the third one. So okay. that's another aspect of yeah, disappointment. right. That's true. And so... But in the CD version, there you have, like, rock bands like Soundgarden, yeah. which and is Yeah, awesome. Soundgarden, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so, but it's also a lot smoother and a lot faster. Yeah. And it looks a lot better. Yep. Um, I was playing that on PC. Yeah. Yeah, it's on PC as well. Yep. So uh, it, you may even possibly be able to get it on something like Good Old Games or mm. I don't know if you can, but it's probably not as hard to get as I think. But now that I've got the PlayStation, I'll just get it on that. Mm. I'm looking forward to getting that one. Mm. Cool. Mm. time have we gone we're up to 250 we did have lots of we had a big breaks. break we've probably done two and a half i'd say yeah let's just finish off with you matt and then we'll end it okay because i noticed in the notes here you've got asl and yeah. i'm keenly interested to understand what well <laughs> what this is about this is the point where i alienate all of our listeners and both of you cool <laughs> here we go i'm excited <laughs> so asl is a freaka tv star league Say that again, I didn't quite understand. Oh. <laughs> so, as bas- in StarCraft? Yeah. So basically... Say yeah. that all again. I- okay, so in Korea, yeah, Afrika TV is basically Twitch TV. Right. And Star Leagues are the StarCraft, mm-hmm. you know, tournaments. Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you now. Okay, so there's one running right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
it's, it's esports basically. Yeah. I didn't know you were into that. I we're just, all into esports, we, aren't we? I thought we talked about this before, and you said you weren't really interested in StarCraft. I know. Uh, I know it. Mark doesn't like RTS, and just will never go there because he's closed-minded. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, that's that's a fair point. That's You're not closed-minded. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm picky yeah. in what I like. I'd say that. Yeah. Randomly, apparently, with no no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, so I played. Lots of RTS games. And yeah. the Blizzard ones are all quite good. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, but playing them and watching okay. eSports yeah, that is different. Because mm-hmm. like, I, 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 I mean, we know that I played some RTS and I like mm-hmm. RTS, but I'd say that I watch more StarCraft these days than I play. Yeah. Mm. And I enjoy watching, watching StarCraft. Mm. I just don't like playing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in particular, because what we're talking about here is Brood War. StarCraft 1, oh. don't play it. It's so it's unforgiving. Yeah, see, I wouldn't mm. bother playing it, no, There's but I could watch it. All yeah. the quality of life stuff that's in StarCraft 2 doesn't exist mm. right. in this old one. You can only and select, like, 12 units at once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is where the 1A, 2A, 3A thing comes from, yeah. because you had to have, to have your army, you had to have, like, multiple um Control, control groups. groups just to control the, all the units that you had. Hmm. Whereas now in StarCraft 2, it's just, yeah. well, they call it a death ball, like 1A, <laughs> which is like the new <laughs> way of sending your whole army to attack. Because <laughs> A, the, they're the hotkeys. So you, yeah. You, yeah. your number is your control group, and then A is attack move. Um, so you press A, and then you click where you want them to go. Hmm. And the reason why you do that is because if you just click, they won't do an attack move, which means they'll just keep walking and they won't attack anything they see. So they could walk straight into the enemy army and walk past them while that army destroys your <laughs> army. Yeah. yeah. But it's worse than that because, you know, there's no there's no worker rally point. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time you make a worker, you have to s- send them to the minerals to gather. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what else? Like you, if you, if you've got in your control group, you know, spellcasters mm-hmm. you have to select one of them before you can cast otherwise they all just cast on the one spot ah oh. <laughs> hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah so there wasn't as many casters as there is now but oh, yeah. i suppose in brood war there was a fair few but yeah that would be see i've just, i don't have the skill for that There's and the other no thing way. is like if you got let's say you got five you know barracks or whatever you can't in, in starcraft 2 you can just go you know build 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 build, build mm-hmm. you know Marine, 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 Marine. Mm-hmm. And it'll spread them out between yep. all of them. That, that doesn't happen. Okay. So you've got to select each building. <laughs> build, 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 build. And then could you even hotkey buildings? I don't think At you least one. You could, yeah, one. I believe you can do with one building okay. at a time. Right. Maybe mm. it lets you do lots, but right. only something happens out of one of them. Right. Anyway, that's the reason why it's a hard game and why the skill level yeah. on these pro players, they're not pro anymore. Yeah. Why... Um, they're so much better than regular people. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So why did you think that would alienate our listeners and us? Because we're all into esports. esports. I don't care what don't game know. it is. I'll watch it okay. as an esport because it's super interesting. Mm. I love but seeing high level play, regardless what it is. Part of the reason why StarCraft is because it's been an esport for so long now. Mm. So there's a lot of history behind mm. all the players, mm. and you know. Past competition and rivalries mm. and their personalities. Are you saying it's an esports soap opera? It's really not because Koreans are like really reserved in <laughs> right. emotion. Like even 
you, you watch games and they don't emote at all. Mm, you know, right. Yeah, I've heard maybe a little more now, but that really, especially back when it was all pro, you, you know, mm. they win a game, just get up. Mm. You know, right, so it's not yeah. like fighting game players from the US that trash talk each other and no, say, you that know, doesn't happen. this person's no. shit and I'm going to beat him into the ground. Yeah. And For the most part, they're all friends anyway. Right. And, yeah. and I've heard a lot of the Western commentators talk about how they work so hard to create drama in the scene just to make it more exciting and yep. create these rivalries. Yep. And the players just make it so hard because yeah. they're so polite and you see it in the intros you know, on on some of these things you watch they're, they're trying to talk it all up and yeah. you know this player hates this player and i'm talking about like the u.s thing yeah. and and they're you know they're doing the camera shot of the mm. player and they're just standing there stone faced they couldn't give a shit mm. <laughs> there's one in particular i remember they were doing the thing like you know the players walk out before the match mm-hmm. and they face off and the camera's panning around yep. them like yep. this and it was one of these players who is a bit of a joker and he's he's staring at the other guy like, you know, doing faces or whatever, and they're trying not to st- <laughs> just burst out laughing, <laughs> you know, while it's all serious. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll play a match, and the winner will often come out and they'll interview him, and it'll be in Korean, and then the translator will be something like, "Oh yes, uh, he played very well, and I respect his playing ability." And <laughs> <laughs> this is after he's just beaten this guy, you know, mm, mm. being all really nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, the anyway, this league that's running right now, it's uh, the well, see, the time of recording, they'll be playing the semifinals this week, mm-hmm. and then the grand final will probably be after this podcast comes out on a Sunday mm-hmm. in mm. a couple of weeks' time. All right. Um, and I don't know why do I bring it up. <laughs> the the one player that's been dominating everything for years now, Flash. Yeah, he got eliminated. The spoiler, uh, sorry. See, that's uh, where and so that's why this whole tournament's like, oh my god, anyone could win. <laughs> <laughs> the, I think the dramas, um, you you have to, I guess, be into it to a certain degree to get why it's exciting. I suppose because it happens in the game, and yeah, things like. Flash getting beaten is like mm. a big deal. Yeah. Mm. It's like when recently, um, uh, what's her name? Um, Scarlet beat yeah. like the best. So she's a StarCraft 2 player, but basically Westerners don't win international competitions very often or mm. or Korean competitions very often. And yeah. In StarCraft. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Um, she was out of it for a long time and then she started practicing some more and all of a sudden she's just started winning all these competitions and I can't was it WCS or something uh, probably and is she is Western yeah. Canadian oh right yeah oh, okay yeah hmm. yeah and when I saw that I was like that's fucking awesome because hmm. yeah I'd been following her for a while and then she just started winning and I'm like that's excellent yeah that's cool and it's a lot of obviously she was practicing a lot in the background without really telling people and mm. then yeah once she was ready she started entering the comps again nice but uh yeah it's a big big deal and then the way they're playing too like some people will cheese a lot and yeah. you know like use really um cheap tactics to win games and but it's all part of the game you know yeah so like if flash got beaten by a cheese then that would be even worse <laughs> yeah i mean sort of but mm. There is yeah, the mind games in whether or not you're cheesing and how to counter it. Yeah. 
because pretty much any cheese can be countered mm-hmm. yeah. in this game. But it's all about knowing what the other player is doing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The other funny thing about what's gone on as well is because Flash had been so dominant, he's won the last three of these things and been great before then anyway. See, Brood Wars not have a, had a balance patch in you know since 2001. Mm. The, way, the way that they control the metagame balance is through the map design mm-hmm. so certain things they can do on, on the maps to make it okay for a particular race or not right and this season all the terran <laughs> terrans it got no chance basically the re- they really? basically engineered it the maps so that he would lose oh wow. really <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> they must be pretty dirty on that then uh, i mean it doesn't seem that way i think he mm. understands really what's going on mm. yeah mm. So yeah. Um, Do you think a player like that would? How much of a change is it for him to switch to a different race? No, nah, no one ever does that. Mm. I don't know any player that's done that. Mm. Okay. Like maybe when some of them went from one Starcraft one to two. Yeah. Maybe maybe a bit. Mm. But not in the one game. I don't think anyone that I'm aware of since they've been playing on elite level. Yeah. Had changed race. And mm. I guess without a lot of those quality of life improvements it would be even harder to do that in the original starcraft yeah yeah mm. yeah speaking of esports just as a little side note today uh in sydney is i what's called iem sydney oh. which is a big counter-strike competition right. mm. uh, i know this because uh i'm going to wild ball pinball league tonight and one of the reasons why someone isn't going is because they're going to this thing the CSGO oh, who's that? tournament. Uh, you know Dave Lowy? Oh, is he going to that? Yeah. I don't know if he's playing. I think he's just watching. Mm. No, he wouldn't be playing. <laughs> right. Okay. You need to be really good to be in that. So okay. it's so, sort of Are like... Are you saying Dave Lowy's not good? He's good, but he's not that good. <laughs> like, there's a difference between being, like, good, like, as in kick my ass or our asses, mm-hmm. and being, like, at the top level. Mm. It's, it's like StarCraft 2, where... The people that are good... I mean, I've said this before when we talked about Counter-Strike. When you're playing against someone at that level, it's easy to convince yourself that they're cheating because that's mm. what it feels like. Yeah. You're like, how is it possible that this could happen? Yep. And they're just very good. And yeah. it takes a lot of time. This is how I know that Dave can't be that good because he has a normal life. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's nothing against him. It's just it's probably actually a good thing for him to have a normal life. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, there's no way. But that is, it's an amazing thing to attend. And unfortunately, I think I'll be missing out this time because there's too many other things going on. But uh, I went last year and it was awesome. And hmm. it's like being at a sports match, hmm. but it's Counter-Strike. And yep. there's a big stage with all the stuff and I imagine this was we what it'd be like going to an esports thing at Korea. Although I think with the um GSL and those StarCraft leagues, it's can be low key sometimes because they're on a lot. Yeah. Um but with IEM Sydney, I mean we never get this stuff. So mm. it, it's huge like when it's here. And do they have international competitors coming? Yeah, it's all okay. international teams. There's all right. So there's not really any Australian teams. There is a few teams that have Australian players. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we do the typical thing like we do with everything. We're like, yeah, they're the Aussie team. But there's, like, one guy that's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, there is a, a guy, Sponge, who's Australian, who's one of the commentators. 
which is cool because he's a real big part of the the commentary team Mm -hmm. and so it's nice having him there because he's australian Mm. um but yeah pretty much everyone it's a whole international thing like it's a huge production Mm. and it must cost them so much money but they've got intel backing them right so it's a really big thing um yeah it's cool that we get that here yeah it's awesome and it's like like there's you know typical Australians. There's guys doing shoeys and shoeys. <laughs> yeah, what are shoeys? A shoey is when you. This is a, you can tell that you're not into sports. <laughs> this is something that happens in Australian sports. They take off their shoe. Uh huh. They pour their beer into the shoe and then they drink the beer out of the shoe. I have never so this, heard of this. Before. Is this when you win or when you lose? I don't know. It's just. It's anytime. probably when you just <laughs> want to drink. <laughs> I think it's the whole Australian <laughs> larrikinism, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they'll skull a beer out Shoeies. of shoes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've learned something today. This is uh, see, tonight at Wild Ball. I'll do a shoey. No, you won't. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but if you watch the Twitch stream that the IAM Sydney is on, you'll probably see someone doing a shoey. Right. <laughs> I know it was captured on film last time. <laughs> Usually you just get a, um, in Australian sport, and maybe I'm showing my age here, you just get a streaker. Yeah. Someone rips off all their clothes and then runs across the field. <laughs> maybe we'll get some of those in tonight's CSGO. I think it'd be harder to do because it's, yeah, I don't know, maybe. Mm. You never know. Maybe Dave Lowy. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> maybe you'll yeah. do a streaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. It's cool. also free comic book day today. There's so many things going on. I know. Uh, we just can't fit it all into one podcast. Yep. It's lucky we do more than one. Mm. And lucky we don't restrict ourselves by time. I know. <laughs> Speaking of restricting ourselves <laughs> by time, thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is on Game the System forums at gamethesystem.co. You can also reach out to us via email at feedback at gamethesystem.co. Mm-hmm. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Mark's Tweet. That's at M-A-R-C-S underscore tweet. John and Matt are Huego and BSS on the forums. Uh, something else we can mention, please rate us on iTunes. Mm. Um, and I only say that because nowadays rating people on iTunes is actually easy. Mm-hmm. Before, no one did it because it was such a goddamn mess where... You couldn't just click on a button to rate. You had to actually write stuff. <laughs> now, within the podcast app on your phone, you can just press the number of stars you want to give us and you're done. Mm-hmm. It's really simple. Mm-hmm. And it'd be awesome if you rated us because that helps us get exposure. Five stars only. <laughs> Five stars would be great, but feel free to give us lower. Yeah. Five stars. <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening and we will see you next podcast. Bye. See ya. Bye. Shut up. And sit down.